All right, we are live, man. We're rolling, baby. We are rolling as you as you do a big yawn. <laughs> oh my yeah, I was about to, man. I caught myself in the middle, man. It has been a long week. I hear you, man. I hear you. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, it, it's been a long one, but we we're finally we back got, on. We got some good stuff coming though. So oh, I'm super excited for it, man. Regardless of the type of weeks, you know, when we sit down and have these conversations. And it's football season. Are you kidding oh, me? Oh, Are man. you kidding me? It's you know like what I mean? It's like almost like Christmas morning, man. Where it's like it, it it's almost here, man. We're we're yeah, we're week one, man. Coming up in a couple of days, dude. I mean, just thinking about. I mean, it felt like literally yesterday. Like we were finishing up the last season. We were in playoffs. You know what I mean? We're traveling yeah. over to JMU, and look at us now. Who'd have thought? Not me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Gosh, it's crazy. Well, yeah, big mean, news for our winter condition. We we winter conditioning. We went through yep. spring ball. We went through everything, man. And now, now we're back at it, baby. So let's go. I'm yes. sorry, Adam. I interrupted you. What were you gonna no, say? No, no, no problem, man. I kind of interrupted you too, but but uh, big news just to start off the podcast, man. Started off right. Uh, we have kind of joined the FCS Fans Nation Network on YouTube. Uh, they are a great uh, bunch of podcasts that go over different teams, different conferences in the FCS. Um, they are a YouTube channel, so you can actually watch us. If you want to see these uh, these mugs on your phone <laughs> or via computer, you can watch us there. Uh, make sure you go there and FCS Fans Nation, you subscribe. Um, you can also, that's not changing any of our audio, you can still get us at Apple and Spotify. Uh, make sure you hit us up there. You rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on those platforms. Um, but yeah, it's it's exciting and yeah, man. I mean, what a cool opportunity. So I mean, um, I think Adam had that relationship before I did, man. And so I think they they, they approached us. They approached you, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they approached you and, and about this opportunity, and you know, it kind of made sense for where we're at right now in the podcast, man. And the cool part about it is, you know, there's so many different perspectives. That's the nice part about it. You know, yeah. because those guys, obviously, we bicker back and forth on Twitter and, you know, who's what and this is this and that and those sort of things. But at the end of the day, man, it's like one big community. So if you guys are interested in kind of figuring out, you know, watch whether you watch our stuff or some of the other uh, the other podcasts, I mean, 100 percent. I mean, they're so it's great talent, man. And a lot of those guys are way far ahead of where we want to be, man. But it's something to look yeah. forward to. And that's the cool part about it, man. Surrounding, surrounding yourself with people like that, that are passionate about the sport, that are passionate about the game. Yeah, I mean, it just brings a little bit of fire under us to want to be better for you guys. You know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, and, you know, be patient with us. We're new at this. Uh, so if you guys have any um, things that you want to see, uh, make sure that you get a hold of us on, you know, Twitter, Instagram at Fight on Montana. Um, but, yeah, we're going to continue growing and continue doing this for, for the fans and uh, for us couch potatoes, man. There you go, man. There you go. Well, Adam, you got some Grizz updates. Let's give the Grizz updates. Grizz updates. We have a lot of them, dude. Like, seriously. Um, soccer, man. Soccer is in their season. They, they, they're mm. not like they just started. Uh, so they have played Creighton. Um, they had a huge tournament come to Missoula with some huge teams. Creighton, they tied 0-0. Uh, that same mm. weekend, they played Pitt uh, and wound up losing to them zero to two that next um the following week they played wyoming to a two two tie which was crazy because 
if you watch that game, they were down 2-0 and came storming mm-hmm. back to tie that game. Amazing. Um, they are at Portland this week. Um, or actually, no, they're not that Portland. They actually lost. Sorry. They actually lost to Portland um, this last Monday, I believe. And mm-hmm. so this weekend, September 2nd and September 4th, they are at home. They play MSU Billings on September 2nd, and they play Cal State uh, Bakersfield on September 4th. Um, both home games, so go out and support uh, Grizz Soccer. And, yeah, they've, they've got a good team this year, man. I'm really excited to see what happens. And, you know, we have a, a good relationship with the soccer team and what they're doing and, and the folks that are coaching. And uh, I'm just really, really proud of them and, and can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, like you said, man, just all around good people. Um, and it's good play too, man. It's super exciting. I don't know if you guys ever get the chance to watch them out, but if you guys haven't, go check them out, man. I think you yeah. guys would really thoroughly enjoy, you know, the show that they put on. And it's always a good time. It's extremely competitive. So, again, man, rooting for rooting for soccer. Exactly. You know, same thing, man, volleyball. They had a huge tournament this last weekend. Um, they had some big teams come and, and play at home. Uh, I think it was some crazy amount of years that they've played at home starting out. So crazy mm-hmm. number, but uh, they swept uh, North Dakota 3-0 and they swept uh, UT Arlington 3-0. They were in the championship game against UC Davis and they fell three to one, uh, three mm-hmm. sets to one. Um, so, you know, all those teams, and I think UC Davis is pretty good and UND is, you know, pretty, pretty average, but um they are they're, they're an up and coming team. I really think that you know we had um, uh, Coach Lawrence on. Um, I really think that they're heading in the right direction. Uh, they have some big games coming up. Uh, they are at Drake September second, at St. Francis, and at IUPUI. And they're in an indie tournament in Indianapolis. Um, so they're they've got September second through the third those games. Um, so definitely. We can't probably watch them in Indianapolis. If you're in Indianapolis, go see. Um, but mm-hmm. you can also stream those on ESPN Plus uh, if you would like to watch those as well. Mm-hmm. And that's a cool part about it, too. Like you said, I mean, we had Coach Allison, you know, what was it, maybe two weeks ago at this point? Yeah, Coach Lawrence was two weeks ago, yep. Yeah, yeah. So we had her on our podcast maybe two weeks ago, man. And just, I mean, her drive to make this the most successful year yet. I mean, it's awesome to see, man. I mean, that was one of the things that we asked her. So what are the expectations for this upcoming year? She said, hey, you know what? I don't care what we've done in the past. I don't care, you know, what really is that expectation for Grizz Nation. I just want this to be the best year that we've had yet. You know, and and it can come in many different ways. But I'm shooting for that. I'm striving for that. And I feel like we're finally in a place where we can do something like that. So, again, shout out to volleyball, man. Shout Shout out to them. Mm-hmm. Men's and women's tennis, man, they are getting started here, uh, not this weekend, but the following weekend. Uh, they mm-hmm. are in Boise's at Boise State and at Idaho State, September 9th and 10th. Um, and so we wish them the best. Uh, we need we need to get a couple tennis people in here, we man. Do, man. I don't, we do. I don't think we've had a, a tennis guest so far, huh? No, we haven't had tennis, softball, cross country, golf. We haven't had any of those. We're lacking, man. We need we need yeah. to pick up the pace here. We do, we do. So we'll, we'll get them rolling. We'll get them rolling. We'll get exactly. somebody rolling. And then you know my my sport that I'm horrible at, but I love to play uh, golf uh, is starting up here in the next uh, probably two weeks. Uh, the Hobble Hobble Creek Classic, September 12th. They will be playing. 
Um, I, yeah, I just I'm horrible at golf. I really am. But so well, I, who, just... I, I know I know <laughs> maybe two people in my life oh. since I've been out here in Montana for the last eight and a half years that are genuinely pretty good at golf. Yeah. Everybody else says they're decent, they're okay, and we all suck. You yeah. know what I mean? And I well, always have my best games when nobody's around. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. 100%, man. I mean, I'm shooting 62 on a 65. Easy one about myself, man. Yeah. But then I yeah. start playing with somebody else, and I'm hitting a 115, and there's no in-between. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Well, oh, it's, it's, it's bad when, you know, my family, that we, I have an uncle that's a golf pro uh, that's made it to the U.S. Open and all that stuff. Has so. he really? Oh, Who's yeah. your uncle? Uh, Tom Anderson. He's from Laurel. So, uh, shout out to my uncle Tom. Um, but yeah, he, he's amazing. My cousin. Damn, that sucks. He never gave you any tips, huh? Oh no, he did. Like, oh. dude, he, <laughs> this is the funny story. Uh, so, you know, I had, I've had golf lessons since I was probably like eight, literally. Um, hmm. so I know the sport. I just, uh, at golf and I have a mad slice. And I tried to like, you know, I was on the golf team, tried to have, you know, it taken care of. And my uncle's like, dude, I don't know There's what to no do hope with for you. I, I really, you are just so out of whack from baseball. Like, cause I played baseball too. So, you uh-huh. know, I don't know. I don't know, man. How discouraging is that when a professional <laughs> golf player that's not only that he's your uh, uncle too. And he's oh, just yeah. like, man, you know what? Maybe this is, this sport isn't for you. Yeah. Yeah, I probably should have learned that when I was probably eight years old and my cousin was golfing and I walked behind her and she hit me with a golf club right in the head. That uh-huh. probably should have been my wake up call, but it uh-huh. wasn't. Yeah. Jesus. No, I picked up the only reason I picked, the only reason I picked it up because I was like, man, I'm so bored today. Like I have no <laughs> idea what to do. And then I literally, I'm Esai, I mean, when he was clearing out his backyard. Um, he had like literally like there in the nineties, like a, a pair, like a, a, just a bag of golf clubs. And so I'm over at his house, just helping him clean out some stuff and kind of picking some of his garage too. Cause he was just like, dude, I don't want any of this stuff. Like, do you guys want it? And so I'm there and I'm like, Oh, golf clubs. Perfect. Now I have a reason to go golfing, but they were like four inches too short. So I'm really squatting down when I'm trying to swing, you know what I mean? And so, I mean, so because of that, I tried it. I realized I was like, dude, I don't understand why anyone plays this sport. This sport sucks. (laughs) And then, and then I just kept at it. I just kept at it, got myself some clubs that actually fit a little bit better, you know, and then I started going on with some friends that also are shitty, but like to actually just go out for the recreation part of it, man. And so basically, before you basically know it, drink. Yeah, dude, you know what's <laughs> yeah, super fun? Because I live next to Canyon Golf Course right here in town. So that's the golf course that I always go to, man. Have you ever wrote, ridden there's uh the, they're, they're like little motorcycles? I don't know what they're called. No. Yeah, yeah. So instead of actually renting out a whole car that you can have two people, if it's just a single golfer or whatever, you could essentially yeah. rent out. It's like a little motorcycle. Really? And then you put your clubs or like, you know, right behind you or right in the middle of you. And you're literally riding like on a little moat. It, it's super badass, bro. That's Especially awesome. out here in Canyon with all the views. I mean, can't be mad about it. Can't be mad about Dang, it. Dang, y'all have and to go golfing, man. Oh, man, 100%. But let me tell you, man, I've gotten worse over years. I don't know how, but I've gotten worse <laughs> over years. But we'll be all right. We'll be all right. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, mm-hmm. Well, go back at it, man. Last Grizz update. Uh, you know, cross country, uh, men and women. They are at it this weekend, I believe, in mm-hmm. eastern Washington, the clash of the inland northwest. Um, so give a shout out to them. Um, but that's that's the Grizz update, man. Yeah. 
That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. Yeah. 100% again. The cross country is not my thing, man. I hate oh, to man. say it. I, I have so much respect for him. My brothers, are, I would say, are more of the cross country people. My brother's on the cross country team. I try to get into it. Just never could, man. Just never for me. You know what I mean? I love running. I, 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 I know I might not look like it, but I was running up to nine miles a night a couple of years ago. Uh, trying to train for like, Adam. Adam, you're lying. I don't believe that. No, you I'm ran nine serious. miles. I was running nine miles a night because I was trying to train for this 18 ma- mile mountain uh, uh, run and had a second kid. And then it went downhill. And then the pandemic hit. And then, you know, Dairy Queen is just way too close to my house. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you, you got you to know you started that. You got to finish it. Oh yeah, I'm. I am. I am back at it. I'm up to. I'm creeping back up. I'm about three miles every about five five times a week. So, um, back at it. So there you go, man. There you go. As long as you're back at it, dude. As exactly. As Give a it. shout out to Gabe. He, he inspired me, man. So yeah, good man. Good man. Well, yep. big news, man. So just kind of do a little bit of breakdown. We're gonna kind of take some time today, just really kind of loosely breaking down what we kind of saw in fall camp, the expectations yep. of this upcoming season. And obviously, you know, a preview to the game that is in a couple of days, man. Dang. We are super excited right off the bat, man. You know, one thing that I was extremely happy with was just that we came out of fall camp relatively healthy. Yep. You know what I mean? Because yep. you literally go from going pretty aggressive workouts to literally destroying your body. You know what I mean? So whether it be practice, whether it be through film study, I mean, you're at the university, you know, for the butt crack of dawn all the way up until – you know, depending on how long your coach wants to keep you. You know, yeah. we have a team dinner at the end of the night. And after that, it's like, hey, go meet with your coaches. They want you to stay. You stay to watch extra film, Jeez. you know. And so, I mean, it is a brutal schedule for, um, you know, the month, month and a half, however long we're in camp for. And so, I mean, being able to come out of that healthy, especially with how much injury we had last year. Yeah. I mean, it's a super hopeful thing. Obviously, we have a long road ahead of us. That is, There's no doubt about that. But the fact that and we were able to kind of get out of it pretty free and clear. I mean, it's yep. a good start. Exactly, exactly. Well, and just like how hot it was, too. The last couple of weeks in Missoula, I believe, was were very, very hot the last one they were doing the fall fall camp. So Yeah, I mean, um, what is it supposed to be this weekend, oh, like 94, 97 or something like that? I heard like 98, so. Really? Um, I mean, the hottest one that I remember. Man, some water. <laughs> Don't drink some oh, beer. You're going to drink some water, uh, too, man. <laughs> I was going to I was gonna advise the opposite. That's why we like to have you here, Adam, because I was going to say, drink some beer. Make sure the <laughs> mountains are blue. You there know you what I mean? Go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> what was I going to say? Uh, no, man, I think reflecting back on it, the last time I was in, a, like, a, I mean, I've been in a couple really, really warm games. You know, I think when we traveled to Indiana, I forgot who we ended up playing. I think it was Southeast. No, I forgot who it was. Um, but we ended up playing uh, Savannah State at home. I think that okay. was the, the hottest home game that I had ever been a part of here. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that, that was the hottest game. So it is supposed to be pretty warm. I don't know if it'll beat it, but I, I hear I heard some people kind of start mentioning that I think it will be hotter this week than it, oh, will, than it was that Savannah State game. And it was cooking, man. It was cooking. Well, and I've got a question for you because, you know, when I played any sport, like we didn't have the, you know, the, the rubber field, the rubber, you know, whatever. Does that make it hotter? Yeah, 100%. When you're on the field? 100%. Yeah. It has to be 10, 15 degrees hotter when it's actually on the field. Really? It's miserable. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so it was super hot. But, man, I mean, it is what it is, you know. 
But yeah. we're, I mean, at that point, you train. The only big difference is that you have a helmet on, which in some cases could be really kind of a drastic for some people. Yeah. But I mean, the way that Coach Bobby kind of plays and trains and gets these guys ready, they'll be yeah. ready. I mean, they've been doing it for a month and a half at this point. It's just another time. You know, it's another day. It's another practice. And ultimately, I felt that the practices were easy or were harder than the actual games because that's how hard he pushed us. And so regardless about it, I'm feeling pretty confident coming into this week. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I feel really confident just with, you know, we'll get into it, the team coming in and, and mm-hmm. some of the so, things surrounding that team. Uh, I feel very confident. Um, but, yeah, it, it's crazy. You know, the other thing that kind of stuck out to me with fall, there was kind of a, some somewhat of a controversy, which, you know, I it, it doesn't usually happen with Bobby um, as, as head coach. The, you know, the 37 um, number – was given out by Jace, then was talked about it fall camp and was kind of um, said that, hey, we're, we're, that hasn't been decided yet. It still really hasn't. He's, you know, Bobby isn't really asking or answering the questions that have been out there. Um, so we do not know who will be 337, you know, and we know that the tradition is a player giving that number out. Um, um, and I know that Jace has. Um, well, I heard from a little birdie, and by birdie, I mean literally mean by Twitter. I saw, <laughs> I forgot who it was. Um, somebody tweeted that the issue had been resolved, that uh, Marcus is going to be wearing number 37 this week, and oh. it's basically a done deal. Okay. And it was kind of funny because somebody responded like, what are your sports? What are your sources? And the person responded, I know things. <laughs> and I thought that was super <laughs> hilarious. But to be honest, it's the most amount of information that I think everybody's got. At the end of the day, guys, it, I mean, I mean, I understand what the number means to the state, but what's yeah. most important is winning games. Marquez yeah. is going to be fine regardless of the situation. I don't know what yeah. went on behind closed doors. Nobody else does. All we can say is I think they're going to be okay regardless. And yeah. I think, you know, who knows? It might have it been, you know, who again, who knows? I can't even say. I don't even know. Yeah, and it just it just it kind of is kind of a um, a weird kind of situation where it just kind of happened and wasn't kind of kind of yeah yeah not handled like, very well. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, uh, yeah, and then there's like people I hear people saying that it's like you know Bobby was doing it simply because he wanted his son to get it or something yeah. like that, you know. And it's you kind of sit around and you kind of look at those things and you're like, are you you think he'd really do something like that? You yeah. think you think he'd allow Jace to give Marcus the jersey, take it away, and then but you know put it upon himself to you know give it to Robbie. I'm sure Robbie would be stoked to have it, you know. But at the end of the day, I think Robbie knows that's not his number, or his place to actually have that say, you know. Yeah. And again, I don't think Bobby don't think that way. And no. at the end of the and day, I, don't, I don't actually don't think he can actually have it either. He's no. not. From, he wasn't. I don't believe he was born in Montana. And yeah, I think he was born in California. And I think, yeah. I think again, Robbie is super respectful of that. He, I think yeah. he knows. You know what I mean? And Bobby yeah. knows too. I think that it, it deserves to go to, you know, like a Marcus or like a Patrick. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I think he knows. He knows that. And so I, the fact that people were saying that, I'm like, that sounds silly. You know, yeah. it just doesn't make sense. You no, know? it doesn't. Again, no, it doesn't. you know, it's one opinion against the other. Who really knows what kind of went down? Well, yeah. all I can say is from knowing Bobby. Knowing Robbie, I promise you, they don't care. They don't care about that stuff. It's really more about you know who who gets it, you know, yeah. in the in the right type of fashion to be able to represent the team. Because at that point, you got the number thirty-seven. 
again, it's a legacy number. You know, yep. you're a leader on the team. You're, you're, a, you're, you're, I hate to say it, man, but you're uh, above those freshmen. You're above those sophomores and those juniors. You know what I mean? You have a certain type of role that you need to play, and you need to be able to fulfill that role time <laughs> and time again. Well, and the one thing, you know, I have a question for you, being a player, uh, Angel. So, mm-hmm. you know, my, one of my things that I, I kind of think about is, okay, so something like that not handled. We, 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 ha- we have huge expectations this year. Uh, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's final, final four or championship or that's bust. Right. Um, so could this, you know, divide a locker room? Could this, you know, end up, you know, separating a locker room and deterring from those? No, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, I'm not, uh, I would never think uh, like, don't get me wrong. Again, it's an important number to the community. There's a lot that comes yeah. with that number. There's a, you know, there's again, a legacy. You know what I mean? But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, I mean, even look at that. I think I was watching when Sean interviewed Marcus about it, you know, and he was just like, you know what? I was really excited to have that number. You know, mm-hmm. it, it didn't seem like he was down in the dumps about it. You know, it didn't seem like he was overly upset about it. And even I think he even stated he was just like, I'm just really kind of focused right now being out here, you know, adapting to this weather, being the best player that it can possibly be, because that's what it is. You know, yeah. I mean, give, give me the ugliest number out there. What's the ugliest number that you know? Yeah. What's ugly uh, something that you know? I don't know. <laughs> That's crazy. I was kind of baiting you on that one. Like, I was baiting you on that one. Zero. Oh, there's no way. <laughs> there's J.J. Watt. You're going to give the J.J. Watt number the ugliest number? I, dude, I'm not thinking J.J. Watt. I'm thinking, like, just, like, the higher the number. You know, I, I'm thinking basketball. Like, I don't know. Like, zero, no. double zero. Do no, they even have thinking- a double zero? Uh, I don't know. I think they, I think they do for some sports, but not for football. No, I was going to say, give, it doesn't matter what number that you give Marcus. doesn't matter what number you give an offensive line or a quarterback. You know, if at the end of the day I said, Hey, you are going to get number, you know, uh, 68 as yeah. a quarterback that, that 68 is not going to define them. He's still going to be out there balling. You know what I mean? And it's the same thing with these guys. These guys are going to play the hearts out, whether they get zero, 99, 68, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? And Dude, so because I'd, of that, I'd love to see a quarterback wear 68. You know awesome. how legendary that'd be? Oh my gosh, that'd be awesome. That'd be a Blue Mountain State movement. <laughs> oh my gosh. That'd be a third string Blue Mountain oh. State player. Oh man. That Have be you awesome. seen that show? No. Oh, don't watch it. It's terrible. <laughs> no, it's so good. It's so good. It's so stupid. Bro. It's so good. What is it called? It's called Blue Mountain State. Some some people that are listening are gonna be like, "Oh, god dang it!" You know what I mean? And the other half of people are like, "No, maybe I'll watch it." And then after they watch it, they're gonna be like, "I lost like six brain cells watching this show." You know what I mean? Gosh. Oh man. So at the end of the day, guys, it doesn't matter. They're gonna play football. It's gonna be okay. Yep. Nice. Counselor, counselor Angel, there for you. I just have to let it be known. Fight me if, if you disagree. Either way, we'll come to terms. Exactly. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. you know, Angel, you know, biggest questions, biggest questions coming into the uh, this season, you know, we're going to try to go by, you know, offense and defense. So let's go offense right now. You know, one of the hugest things that I am thinking is the biggest offseason or, or season thing that we need to cover is the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, we've had conversations in these episodes of, you know, you win and you lose by the front, right? 
And yeah. we lost. We lost a lot. We lost a lot of leadership. We lost a lot of playing experience. Um, mm-hmm. So hey, I'm just going to give you the people on the offensive line that we lost. Moses Mallory graduated. Dylan Cook doing his thing for the Bucks, man. Shout out to him. You know, he yeah. Shout out to him, squad. man. Practice squad. I talked to him a little bit last night, man, and you know, it, it was literally the conversation of, hey, when the opportunity comes. You know what I mean? Yep. And so because of that, I'm super proud of him, man. I mean, I think I think it's a perfect role for him right now as far as just being able to kind of put his head down, develop a little bit. And then from there, because when you think about the Bucks, I mean, that's a veteran O-line oh, know, yeah. for the most part. You know yep. what I mean? They got some ballers on there. They have some guys that have experienced the Super Bowl, know what it takes to win. And so because the fact that he's on the team, I think that's a huge deal. And a lot of people in many cases, it doesn't matter whether you've been FBS, FCS, they would struggle in that role simply because there's there's a certain demand, there's a certain expectation, and you're out in Florida, which is beautiful. I mean, but it's a it, it's an adaptation a little bit. Exactly. You know, going down the list, you know, we lost Cordell Pillins, um, Conlon Beaver, Skylar Martin. Um, going into you know some of the. By the way, uh, Skylar just got married. For everybody who doesn't did know, did he? Congratulations! He just got married. He got married in Lacena, Washington. There was nice. about three. There was about two people that passed out from the heat, but it was a beautiful wedding. Are you serious? You oh, it was it was hot. <laughs> oh my god, it was gosh. hot. Goodness, oh. like, I'm, I'm talking about. I mean, it, I think I checked. I mean, for whatever reason, I, there. You know how you can check the temperature inside your car or whatever. Oh yeah. I mean, it it was showing 114 degrees simply oh, because it was gosh. so hot. It was oh. beaming in on everybody and everything. It was the middle of the woods where you know direct sunlight right over you. Beautiful oh. wedding, beautiful venue, beautiful couple. Don't get me wrong, but it was hot. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. Yeah. Uh, another one. Bo Kenny left the program. Uh, Trevor Wellnell and Noah Ambul uh, left the program as well. So you know that's that's a that's a lot of guys. Yeah. That you know yeah. either graduated or left the program. We did add some things. Or add yeah, who some we had? What, what offensive line guys did we add? So Michael Ray, he is a preferred walk-on. Um, I believe his dad played uh, back in the 80s. He's a 6'3", mm-hmm. 270. Um, Ethan Barney, he's a 6'4", 280 um, freshman. And then we added Chris Walker. He was a transfer from Nebraska. Um, you know, he played mostly defensive line. Um, I know that he played offensive line in high school. He, dude, have you seen that guy? Yeah, man, I think there Freaking was a I mean, brick house. Dude, oh, my you know, gosh. Exactly. I'm more impressed by his beard, though. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> You're more impressed with the beard? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Dude's built like a tank. Oh, oh. my God. He'll, dude's going to murder me with the stare. You know, take it easy. You know what I mean? Yep. Jesus. 6'6", 290, dude. And no, but he's a... built really well, which is a yeah. super, super good thing. It kind of reminds me back to, you know, um, who was it, man? When I played, I was a young guy. Um, I don't know. It'll come back to me a little bit later. Um, yeah. But the, we had a guy that was kind of built that way. He kind of transitioned over from a couple of different positions and ended up playing up on our side. And dude was just for whatever. He, he just didn't look like an offensive line. He had a slim waist. You know, arms are humongous. Caps are humongous. Legs were humongous. And so um, kind of the same situation. And then we also had another guy. I can't remember his name either. I'm drawing a blank. Maybe the CT set in or something like that. You never know. Um, <laughs> that's a terrible thing to say, too, by the way. I'm it sorry. is really bad. Oh. Um, um, and so, um, again, same thing. He had some experience in defensive line. Um, he's a transfer from um, 
Maryland. He's a transfer from Maryland, and he kind of did the same thing. Okay. He played defensive line. Um, he transferred over, uh, but the reason why he transferred over is because they were trying to convert him to offensive lineman over there in Maryland. And it was just like, no, I think I'm just going to go do something else. And and uh, he ended up coming over here, uh, doing his thing, playing defensive line. But it's one of those things is, I mean, on the defensive line, I think they're naturally more athletic than an offensive lineman is, yep. you know. Yep. Uh, for most cases, not every case, but a lot of cases, I would like to believe. Um, so because of that, you see some of that athleticism in in that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the beautiful part about it is it looks like he's coming into his own. You know, and McGinnis being right next to him, I think it's going to be a huge, huge thing. You know, that's how it was when I came into first play. I relied on David heavily, you know, and he'd put me in my place. Let me know, hey, you're, you're being a POS right now. You need to pick <laughs> it up or be better. And then as soon as kind of he transitioned out and Colin came into that role, it was the same thing. It was like, I have a certain expectation for you. I need you to hit those marks with me. I need you to communicate with me. And I think, you know, McGinnis is going to do a really good job of just being able to be that anchor for him until he starts to kind of pick it up and understand the game for himself. Not to say that he doesn't understand it, but if you're going, you're coming into a different program first year being a starter, you know, and you're playing against some, you know, some tough teams. It's going to be a little bit of a transition. So having a guy like that, I think is going to help him, especially yeah. since he's been through that same road when he transferred over from Washington State. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think he will be a, you know, and especially, you know, him playing left tackle, just with his ability to probably move and be lighter. In the yeah, the letters, yeah. Um, I think will be something that will be very beneficial. Um, but, you know, one of the things that I was thinking is, you know, we have a lot of young guys, a lot of guys that don't have much experience. Um, yeah. You know, I think that one of the numbers was like 98 um, games we lost of experience or, or, or combined. Um, we have a lot of younger guys that, you know, we don't know. We don't know. We don't, we don't, we don't yeah. know how well they develop, how well, you know, they're going to do. They're going to be thrown in pretty quick here and they're going to have to grow pretty fast. The one thing mm-hmm. that helps them is that these first six games, not to poo-poo anybody, you know, the hardest one will be that South Dakota team, but we'll be favored in six of the six, all six of those games. Um, so we will be able to kind of work through those things. Um, and our defense will allow us to work through those things, but who's going to be the guy that fills in, you know, we had, we had guys, from last year that got hurt online and we were able to kind of piece it together. You know, That's a good point. Yeah. It, it, it's going to happen. It's not a, a, if it happens, it's going to happen. Someone's going to get hurt on the line. Who's going to step up. And, and uh, well, you never hope for that. You know what I mean? It's no. one of those things. It's like, it, it's hard to simply because you know, the reality of sports that, you know, injuries do occur, you know, which is why I was like, Hey, you know, we made out of fall camp habit. God willing, we do the same thing with the season. That's what you expect. But again, yep. I've mentioned this before, I think to really have a strong team, you not only need to have good ones, but you need to have very solid twos. Yep. And so because of that, it's a good role. Let's just say somebody does go down. Who are they going to bring up? Who's going to be the next man up? Because like you yep. said, I think I think it was 98 starts or 70 starts. I don't know. It was a Something lot like of starts. Yep. And I think with, you know, uh, AJ and Hunter and then um, – yeah, those two guys, I think we have a combined total of about 29, which is great. You know, you're not completely without any type of experience. But at the same time, those guys are really need, are going to need to step it up in order to communicate. I think they're leaders through and through. I think they're pretty disciplined. I think they have a knack for the game, and they're pretty damn good football players. Yep. It's just about making sure you line up those other guys 
in order to make sure we're all on the same page. And again, I think these first two games are going to really kind of determine, hey, and answer those questions. Everybody asks questions about this and that and quarterback play, receivers, defense. Do we have any questions? Those sort of things. After the first game, you're really going to be able to answer all those things and really kind of clear it out for yourself. Exactly. Well, and it's kind of hard, you know, going – our, our defense is going to be lights out, you know, going mm. against a defense like that. And you can attest to this in fall practice. You know, they basically know all your plays. They know what you're going to do. Um, and playing a, a impressive defense like that, you're going to not really look very good mm-hmm. a lot of the times. So, you know, is it, you know, take your battles in practice, continue to grow in practice. You know, when you get to games, this is a new game. You're going to feel better. You, you know, is it going to be that kind of a thing of development? Um, it'll be really interesting to see. Mm-hmm. And like you said, man, I think uh, I don't necessarily think that it's it's a, a physical deficiency. No, really, no, no. You know, I mean, you look at those guys. They're big. They're beefy. They look like they're pretty strong, too, and that yep. they take care of themselves. They yep. take this seriously simply because they know that it's their job. Yeah. One thing that comes with that experience is that mental capacity of being able to understand what's going on in front of you. You know, I could put the strongest, you know, the fastest guy in front of me. But if I have a mental edge over you as far as being able to read the offense from a defensive perspective, I'm going to win eight out of ten times. You know, yeah. it's just it's just how the game works. So that is my probably my big question. What kind of mental capacity am I going to be able to see? The I guess what level are they going to be at this weekend? You know, yeah. again, well, and you said like the physicalness too. like, you know, th- they're probably a, a less in stature, less in weight, but that, you know, not always, that that's not always something that you really look at. Like you, like you just said that the, the mental side of it, you know, the leverage, your movement, your feet, you know, mm-hmm. and your hand placement, how quick your hands are. Um, those all, you know, put a, a, a effect into how good you are. Mm-hmm. Exactly, man. Exactly. And so that's what I'm most looking forward to. It's not necessary. And I said that it was a question. It was more of a, I'm eager to see where they're at. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see what type of mental capability do we have? Because ultimately, when you think about the line, if they're only limited to, they only do a couple of things as far as a full program, you know, spectrum of things, they mm-hmm. do a couple of things right. You know, Bobby's going to have to pivot and work off those strengths yeah. and stay away from some of those weaknesses. You know, as opposed to if your mental capacity is, if I understand schemes, run plays, pass plays, play actions, it doesn't matter, RPOs, regardless of the situation, they're going to be able to say, hey, you know what, we may be stronger than other things, but you understand the concepts and you're able to run the play, they're going to be okay. And so, so it's also going to show, you know, how the coaches start to decide to pivot. And that's the cool part about it. You know, when you start looking at it from an analytical perspective, understanding the game as opposed to just appreciating the game, Oh man, it changes the whole way that you look at it. Yeah. My question to you, going into this game, if you wanted to see growth in the offensive line, what would growth look like? What do you want to see from them? Uh, like I said, man, just big communication. You know, it, it's not necessarily that I want to see, but an expectation that I expect AJ to get them lined out because that's your role. You know, mm-hmm. you get that you get your guards lined out, and it trickles down all the way to the end. And then understanding, you know, um, Walker being able to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to listen to McGinnis simply because he's done this for a year already. You know, Mm -hmm. when he makes a call, I'm going to respect that call. I got to honor that call. I can't go out and do my own thing and get out of kind of whack. 
a lot of times when when guys are new to a program, regardless of the transfers, you know, the, the, the technique, the first game, kind of notoriously kind of goes out of whack a little bit simply because they're getting adjusted to it. They've done it against the same people for months and months and months. But transitioning over to a team that you don't know, you don't know their tendencies, sometimes, and it's happened to me before too, you start to lose your technique. And so mm-hmm. I'm kind of really technique focused because Germer is a good coach. Germer is a good coach and he hounds you and hounds you and hounds you on technique. That's mm-hmm. the basics of what he does. And that's probably the most that we do as an offensive unit, being able to practice that over and over until it's literally muscle memory. So that's yeah. his biggest thing. If you don't have proper foundation and proper technique, everything else goes to crap. Mm-hmm. And so that's my expectation. I think if they can stay, because I, 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 I'm already calling a prediction. I know it's going to be a, a whooping. I, oh, yeah. I expect oh, yeah. that. You know, but really, just because it's a whooping doesn't always mean that you have a good game. Yeah. And that's what I'm expecting on the offensive line: staying true to this technique, staying true to who they are as a core unit relying on each other, communicating on each other, and then the rest will play out itself the way it's, it's meant to be. Exactly, exactly. Uh, you know, one of the next uh, positions, man, that, you know, is going to be interesting to look at is the QB position, you know. They now, named it. They named the starters. You saw that? They did. They did. The they 2D came out. So mm-hmm. Lucas Johnson is that starter, QB1. Um, I think that's the right call, too. I do, too. I, I really do. You know, Chris Brown is the backup. Um, but you know, it, it's, it's hard, hard to go against, you know, somebody that's transferred in that has that experience in an FBS arena. Um, and you know, I, I've heard all great things on, on what he can do. He's able to pass. He's able to run it as well. He's a pretty big guy too, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and I think, I think what also impresses me about it, just looking at his highlights and just kind of vaguely keeping up with fall camp as far as just being able to watch the practices is um, he's pretty maneuverable too. You know, exactly. I think in instances, I think he's going to have that awareness that uh, a little bit more, maybe a veteran quarterback is going to need, especially coming into, you know, this upcoming year with saying, Hey, we got a couple of young guys on the line, a couple of really experienced guys, some guys that need to get under the ropes. You know, again, God forbid, you know, something were bad to happen. But I think having that awareness, just having that extra knack, that sixth sense or whatever you want to call it, um, I think is going to come to to definitely advantage when it comes to watching him pay. So, I mean, I'm excited for it, but it's the same thing, man. I mean, at the end of the day, all this is just talk. At the end of the day, we just got to go out there and they got to go get the job done. And we're going to see this weekend again, all the answers are going to be questions or the questions are going to be answered after this weekend. Exactly. Well, and let's just, you know, give a breakdown. You know, we lost Cam Humphrey to graduation. Robbie Patterson uh, transferred or left the program. I think he's Robbie playing, Patterson. He's playing like professional like or amateur. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Something across um, the pond, I believe. And then additions were Caden Hewitt, a uh, freshman from Helena. And Dude, then I eight. think Caden is going to be a dog. I'm calling it right you now. You think so? I think he's going to be a dog, man. I'm just calling really? it right now. Shout out to you, my man. I don't know what it is about you. Maybe I'm just keen on your play style, but I am I am excited to see you grow and get older and then see what you can do from there, man. Nice, nice. And then AJ mm-hmm. Abbott, a transfer from Oregon. Um, he's a pretty yeah, big guy, it? dude, too. Yeah, Holy dude. Stuff. I mean, I heard I, somebody was telling me that he was like a five-star recruit coming out of high school, went over to Oregon on a, on a full-ride scholarship. Is this this guy that I'm talking about? Yeah. No, well, he – he was a pretty high, but I think he walked. I think he walked on. I want to say, 
So AJ Abbott went to the same high school that um oh what uh Andrew Luck went to. Uh broke oh. a lot of Andrew Luck's records in high, uh in high school. Um I thought he he was a walk-on or a, or a preferred walk-on and and was at uh redshirted at for Oregon. Um you know going into like some of the Oregon Twitter boards a lot of people were kind of frustrated that he left because they were thinking maybe he would challenge for the starting spot. Um, you know, but you know, that's what I saw on some of the, the chatter, you know, you really can't really <laughs> believe some of the chatter sometimes, but um, that's what mm. I found. I, I may be totally. Yeah, wrong. I guess you're right, man. I'm looking it up right now and it looks like it was a walk-in. Who the hell's, who the hell's a five-star transfer then? I, I could have. Five-star transfer. Maybe I'm going crazy, man. I could have sworn I literally just had the conversation maybe about a month ago. Really? That somebody had mentioned that we got like a five-star transfer. He went to Oregon and then, you know, decided the program wasn't a good fit. So he came over to Montana. May, am I am I making this up? Maybe I dreamt this. I don't know. Uh, I haven't heard of anybody. I, I know that that's not that guy, AJ. Um, oh. Huh. I don't, know. I don't know, man. I'm going crazy. I apologize, man. <laughs> You know, some of my big questions, so my, my big questions, you know, you know, for, you cannot cam on being, you know, a situational quarterback, you know, but he was a gamer and he was going to give you his all. And, you know, he was a leader too. So who fills that void? You know, that's one of my questions that I'm kind of going into it, looking at, you know, mm -hmm. how does, you know, Chris Brown uh, kind of develop and kind of react um, to being pulled at James? That's my question. Like that, that, that was, that was hard. Then in the psyche, you know, sometimes you can get hit with that. Like how, how, how does he go from being the starter and then getting benched in the second half in a, a quarterfinal game? Um, that that's hard. You know, that's one thing that I really admire about Chris. I've, I've never heard him complain about anything. Yeah. You know, I think he has, um, a good, just a good head on his shoulders as far as just being able to handle those type of situations. Because again, as everybody knows on this podcast, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Chris. I have yeah. nothing but good things to say about him as a person, as a man, and I really enjoy him as a football player. Um, and there's still those expectations. I'm still, oh, you yeah. know, I'm hoping this again, it just adds, you know, fuel to the fire. That's all yeah. you really can at the end of the day. Um, cause what is he, he's a retro sophomore or junior. He's a sophomore sophomore so he, he still has young, dude. Oh my yeah God. i mean he has time you <laughs> yeah. know so at this point i understand that it's frustrating to kind of see that but at, at the end of the day i think it's also an optimistic thing to say hey you know what okay it, it gives me more to work for mm -hmm. instead of saying hey i wasn't quite where i needed to be it just it's not that you're looking at the glass half empty it's hey i have so much more that i need to actually strive for and work for so yeah. i think it's one of those things that would be the perspective that I try to take simply because in the game of sports, you can never get too high. You can never get too low. You need to find that happy medium, you know, and I've always felt that he's been that type of person. But if he was struggling with something like that, that would be my advice to him. Hey, you know what? It's optimistic that you got more years ahead of you. You have time. Go take it. Go, you know, go work harder than you ever have. You know, that's how you hear some of the greatest sports stories ever you oh, know, yeah. with, with origins like that. You know, being able to say, hey, you know what? I just wasn't quite there when I needed to be. I didn't yeah. quite make it, you know, but because of that, it did something to me that it forced me to want to be better. So, I mean, I'm hopeful for him still. But again, it, it, the, the big question here is who's going to fill that void? And yeah. I'm, 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 I'm really, I guess, just uh, anxious to see what Lucas is able to do.
Yeah, and you know, if you look at you know the the QB room, you know you have Lucas, who's a graduate, uh, graduated senior or whatever, they, or graduate senior, and then you have Chris Brown, who's a sophomore, and then the whole the whole rest of the room is either a redshirt freshman or a freshman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's this is crazy. So it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a development. I mean, exactly. Yeah. I mean, they I think they're really kind of banking on Lucas, really just kind of taking this and yeah. running with it, you know. And again, I mean, that's what you hope for, for any because. There's two different, obviously, there's multiple ways that you can actually philosophize, you know, just recruiting in general. And I think they're kind of taking a chance to say, okay, you know what? Well, Chris has, you know, had a couple games of experience. He, I mean, enough faith to be able to take the ship if he needs to, you know, but I mean, it's really kind of all relying on Lucas staying healthy. So, again, goes back to the, you know, the offensive line unit. I think they understand the depth of what the position means because at the end of the day, you miss a block, you can potentially hurt somebody. Exactly. You know what I mean? As opposed to receiver, if you if you don't catch a ball, next one. Yeah, exactly. You know, and you just look at like like you mentioned wide receivers, man. Like that's one of my next questions is just the, you know, as an Lucas coming in, you know, coming in as a new quarterback, the just the chemistry, the the chemistry that you have to have. You know, he came in pretty early and had spring ball and fall camp, so Mm -hmm. I think he's probably higher than if he would just came in in fall camp. Um, but the chemistry between all the running of uh, the wide Dude, I got to say this, man. Lucas is a jokester, man. He's such a fool. I think because of that, I think he, the chemistry with those with those receivers is going to be top-notch. You know, I, I really, truly feel that he has a personality that's a little bit contagious that everybody oh, likes yeah. to be around from the yep. stuff that I'm seeing on social media and those sort of things from the stuff that I hear from other people just talking about him. He sounds like he's a really, really cool dude to be around. So yeah. because of that, I think he's as far as the chemistry, there's no there's no necessarily the problem in my books as far as being able to worry about is he gonna be able to mesh with them? Is he gonna be able to get kind of a rhythm and routine? I think that rhythm and routine is gonna be there simply because mm-hmm. he knows, I think other people know that they can trust him. And now it's about just doing kind of the returning the favor, letting you know, hey, you guys can trust me too. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, the next group, I think, you know, is the probably the best core and this is just my thought you tell me if i'm if if i'm way off base probably one of the best core groups that could possibly ever be at the university of montana can you that's right man oh my god i've been thinking about this all day (laughs) man yeah and obviously this is a stretch i mean a huge stress man i mean but I was literally thinking about that one year when Alabama had like Derrick Henry. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Najee Harris was like mm-hmm. a freshman or something. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. I mean, yep. they were stacked. That's how I feel about these guys. Any number yeah. of these guys can play. Any well, number. Well, and I remember that team. Didn't they run like a, like, not like a wing back, but didn't they run two running backs back there sometimes? I think, I think yeah, I think at certain points they did throughout the season, but because I, it literally was a toss for, hey, one of these guys is going to get it. You have exactly. no idea who. And whoever yep. does, they're rushing for 20, 30 yards because we're big, we're physical, we're downhill. Um, that is the one distinction. I do think that, you know, a lot of our running backs have a little bit of a different personality, mm-hmm. you know, which is a good part about it simply because that means you're a little bit versatile when you when it comes to game planning. You, you can do a lot with, with, with different types of running backs. Oh, yeah. You know? Again, even though they're all working on Destin Green, God bless us. So I love that guy, you know, to death. I mean, he was a guy that um, that actually took the chance. I mean, kind of recruited me and those sort of things. So nothing good things to say about Justin. 
and he teaches to the T. He has one expectation, a certain way of doing it. Hey, one cut downhill, one cut downhill. We're not going to be the zigzagger going back and forth. You find the hole, you make it fit, you make it work. Because that's the way that he played, you know? And so I think because of that, a lot of these players or running backs in particular, they really kind of gravitate towards that. But they do it with their own type of personality, their own type of style, their own type of finesse. And so, but man, I'm going to say this, man. I am super excited for Marcus to be back. I have to say that, man. You know, I was I was chatting his dad up uh, last night when I was working on stuff, and he, you know, he he talks to us once in a while, and you know, he, he, his dad is pumped about this season, and yeah. I, I can't imagine, you know, being his dad, but also being Marcus, being away from a sport that you love for basically two years, yeah, 100%. Um, on the field, just what that would be like, some of the things that he went through. And then just the, you know, you can see if you guys watch any of the um, interviews or anything like that, he has such a big smile on his face that he's probably just so glad just to be like normal. Yeah, like, I saw the interview with Sean and he was just like, oh, what are you going to do once you run out? He was like, I don't know, probably cry. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, man. You know what's cool about him too, man, is that, uh, I mean, he's one of the coolest people ever, man. Yeah. He has such a like, little hippie vibe to him, man. So I always, I always make fun of him for it, man. But he is... He is a good, good person, a, a great dude, and it'd be kind of cool. So, like, um, I remember during the winter times or something like that, I'd I'd go to the gym, you know, a little bit late hours, and he was still part of the football program, obviously. And I'd get to the gym, and then I'd see him in the back working out in the corner and stuff like that. And I'd go up to him and be like, "What are you doing here?" Yeah, and it was like just getting it lifting, you know. And at this point, he looked two times bigger than when I saw him last, like when he was playing football. And I was just like, man, do you work out like like this whole time? He was just like, yeah. I mean, I'll go to the, I'll go to I'll work out in the morning. We'll go to meetings. We'll do practice. Whatever we need to do, I'll go to rehab. And then in the nighttime, I'll come get an extra next year session. And Jeez. and I was just thinking about it. I was just like, dude, you're a tank. Oh you know, gosh. he. I think at one point he was like, it might have been like an amateur. He won like an amateur boxing, you know, championship. You know, he's just a, a, a super athletic dude, freak of nature type of yeah. guy. One of those guys that you don't see very often as far as being part of a program but the nice part about it is that he has the work ethic to kind of back it up he has yeah. the want the will the desire to and i think it was super cool when i read the story that uh because obviously justin ford for the number 21 last year yep. and he said yep. that it was tough he said it was tough to see that but it, until until justin came up to him he's like i'm wearing this for you i hope you know that i mean how special yeah. is that you know it speaks to justin obviously no, exactly. but just i mean be, again talking about that mental I mean, that does wonders for somebody letting you know that, hey, I'm playing for you right now. I hope you yeah. know that. And so, again, I'm, I mean, I have nothing but good things to say about Marcus, and I'm super excited for him to get back out there. Well, and he gained, I think, like 20 pounds, man. Yeah. He gained But like not a bad pounds. weight, like no. solid. Solid. I, I've heard that he's, in, you know, increased his uh, 40 time where it's, it's impressive. Uh, but th- let's go into, you know, what did we lose? We lost uh, Drew Turner and Ryan Artinson. Uh, what did we add? Well, we added Eli Gilman, a huge prospect that if you guys want to listen to him, we had him on um, from uh, DeSalle, Minnesota, um, which, you know, man, it's going to be hard <laughs> to get some some reps. Um, so the two deep, I think it has um, Xavier as the top running back and then Osmo as the backup. But then after that, number three and four, whatever way you want to put them, you've got Isaiah Child and Marcus Knight. 
And then you've got Eli Gilman probably, probably hopefully going to redshirt and kind of just learn this year. Yeah, um, that's what you hope for, especially yeah. in a role like that, simply because you're stacked with experience. I mean, again, Eli's going to be a beast regardless. You yeah. know, he has some of those guys for a couple more years too. So I think the running yeah. back as a core is going to be pretty solid. You know, I think uh, I think being able to start Harris, I think it'll be good. You know, I think he had a tremendous year last year. I think he's going to just play out top of that. The confidence levels up too, and I think that does a good thing if he's able to keep it rolling. Um, well, awesome. I, what I heard from practice too is that he was he had a really great fall as well, um, and so I heard that Nick also gained some weight. Or I could be off base with this, so don't quote me on this. Either he gained weight or he lost weight. Um, so hopefully he didn't gain weight because man, he was big already. So yeah, um, man. I mean, I mean, again, just very two different types of running backs, yeah. but they they mesh together so well. You know, and oh, yeah. especially with, with Nick getting hurt last year. I mean, I remember to go to practice and he coming to me be like, hey, man, I'm dealing with some problems. What do you think I should do? And I'd give him, you know, my tips and tricks about doing some stuff that may not be traditional. You yeah. know, like Chinese acupuncture, you know, getting into, you know, maybe a little bit more of a consistent chiropractor, those sort of things. And so, mm-hmm. um, so I mean, again, I love that dude too, man. I mean, yeah. I think he's I think he's one of those players that's like, you tell me to run through a brick wall. I'm going to do it without a helmet. And then you're like, no, no, put on a helmet. And then he'll be like, okay. <laughs> you know, I was like, we don't need to do that. So again, that just, I mean, that just speaks that just speaks to his commitment. So we, we're going to see, though. You know, yeah. I think my kind of philosophy or my, my expectation is, you know, keep Harris the one right now. Yeah. Keep Harris the one. You know, obviously, I mean, Osmo's right there. He'll be getting just as much reps, maybe just maybe a little bit fewer, but still, he'll. I think he'll be in the rotation pretty consistently about switching in and out. Um, and then just trink, just trinkle and Marcus here and there. Yeah. You know, again, yep. going from two years of being removed from the game to full blown running every play might mm-hmm. be a little bit much. And obviously, we're in the game of longevity, so just being able to take him out there. You know, trinkle him in, getting used to the speed, the demeanor, those sort of things. Maybe getting his kind of his, his toes wet. And then as the season progresses, maybe start taking a little bit more of an aggressive role. I mean, I think that's what I really would kind of love to see out yeah. of this coaching staff. But at the end of the day, I mean, they're they're in the battles, not me. You know, exactly. So I have no idea. Well, and I, I, I totally think that, you know, you could see the double running back, you know, back there this year sometime. Especially, you know – and not to throw anything out there, but uh, if the offensive line is having troubles, maybe they put another running back there to help, you know, with the, uh, I can pass protection. I could, I can see that, you know, um, obviously. Yeah. I mean, it kind of really depends. Um, Again, there's, there's so many ways and that's the nice part about it is that, Mm -hmm. you know, coming, looking from last year when we started getting stretched a little bit thing and then at the running back position, because everybody was hurt and those sort of things. I mean, just being able to know that, Hey, oh gosh, like we have some depth this year. I mean yeah. that provides a little bit of comfort to the whole offense. Oh yeah, you know? isn't it crazy you, that blocking, something that that was low this last year uh-huh. has switched itself to be probably like the strongest? Yeah, I, I would I would <laughs> kind of argue this is the strongest preseason kind of lineup that we've had shoot in a long time. Oh yeah, in a very oh, long time. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I mean, I can't even remember, uh, I guess. I mean, I know a lot of towns have running backs, you know, obviously the Jordan Canada's. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, it goes all the way back. Oh, but, yeah. um, but honestly, as far as just being able to have that depth of just really talented running backs, I think we might take the cake this year. So, again, I think they're going to have fun with that. And you know how many times I've been saved from, you know, just messing up a block 
when a, when a running back just comes out, you know, on a little out route and they give him a little chip on the shoulder. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. literally, yeah. I mean, half a second where the quarterback's able to get it off for a 30 yard run, you know, yeah. multiple times. And so because of that, again, with the question of the offensive line, as far as where's their mental capacity, yeah. I mean, having those guys back there with some pretty decent experience, I think it's going to prove to be nothing but a good thing. Well, and some of those guys, you know, gained weight, so they're mm. able to probably take on a little bit more of a block as well. So that will probably benefit the whole group. But yeah, I, I, I am like this <laughs> when this was happening. I was like, oh man, this group reminds me uh, of probably one of the best running back groups that we've had at the University of Montana. If it, you know, transpires and and, and what it could be, you know, and oh yeah, I'm saying so. Um, you yeah. know, going like who, in, who played with Chase Reynolds? Like, who was his too? Do you remember? Uh, I can't remember. I can't even remember. It was like, uh, wasn't it 2011 where we had uh, Canada and Van? Yeah, yeah. Van, and, you want to play off in the CFL? That guy was good too. And then Wynn actually, and then Calhoun, Justin Calhoun, wasn't it? Yeah, Calhoun was really good. Wynn was really cool, too. Um, I might be off on the years with those. but No, a little bit. So, Cal, I mean, 2011, because I remember when I came on my recruiting visit, it was uh, Vans last year. Okay. And so right before that, and that was so, so that was coming into – a 2015 so 2014 was last year Vans. i think the year before that we did have you know canada so i think yeah you're you're kind of in okay. the realm of of where we were after that it was john Wynn. um yeah, yeah. yeah. and then obviously calhoun too um yeah. those sort of things man i mean i miss calhoun i haven't talked to him in forever man <laughs> we could we get him on the podcast gosh dude i think i think uh him and uh him and justin are back out in los angeles i think they're back in the lbc man but who knows what's your, huh. you guys are listening man I'm, I'm thinking about you guys i hope you guys are doing well yeah, exactly uh-huh. exactly man well you know our next one uh is you know i put put that running backs on there just because you know we got marcus knight back but our next one man uh kicker and punter you know it patrick well, Patrick Rohrbach, you know, a guy that we interviewed, uh, man, that was such a fun interview. If you guys have not listened to that one, definitely go see it. That guy bleeds maroon, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, man. I mean, he was telling about his, like, his grizz room that his family grew up watching the games, like, <laughs> this and that. I mean, and he has such a, I mean, he's such, oh, God. I keep yeah. it, I feel like a broken record, man. I'm always saying, that's, he's such a good guy. He's such a good guy. No, But I genuinely is, meant it. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. the, the young guys, the older guys, I mean, surrounded by some solid individuals. You know what I mean? Yep. And so, I, again, I'm super excited for him because he is the one for this weekend, right? Yeah, he's he's the punter. And, and then, then who's number two? Adam, right? Uh, Adam, yep, yep. Bodkin? Uh, Bodkin or, yeah, something. I think it's Bodkin. Bodkin. I actually know his yeah. mom. I met his mom through oh, church. Cool. And then she also used to work at, you know, one of the chiro- – I met his mom through because I, when I used to go to the chiropractor. She yep. used to be one of like the receptionist that would kind of you know check me in and stuff like that. And then after that, we kept relationships. So I I knew her, I knew her daughter, and then uh, she would tell me about her son. And he actually ended up working with uh, Lady um, Grizz. Really, uh, well, he was well, at, the, working uh, for the Lady Grizz uh, um, basketball team, wasn't he? Uh, I think he was for a little yeah. bit, but afterwards, he actually took like a position working with a really popular um, YouTube person. Oh, His really? name's like. Um, what, what's his name destroying or destroyer destroying i don't know i forgot his huh. name right now 
Yeah, but he's a super popular punter that I think he went to uh, UCF. And what ended up happening is that um, in college, he ended up getting really, really popular on his YouTube channel to the point where the NCAA said, hey, you have two choices. You either commit yourself to football or quit your YouTube channel. Really? That that was this was obviously before. before. Um, yeah, and so basically before NIL deals and stuff like that. Um, and so what he basically said was he was just like, well, man, you know what? I, I love the game of football, but I'm going to chase his wow. YouTube stuff. Like you, you guys, like yeah. it was this big old national thing. His name is destroying. Um, and so we ended up running with it. Now he has millions of subscribers. Um, wow. he, he'll host these big old camps for kids just to play against, you know, collegiate athletes or professional athletes. It's a super fun YouTube channel. And so he was actually invited out to Arizona to work with them for a little bit before he actually ended up getting the the Grizz job. So super, super cool kind of a little That's backstory cool. too, because obviously destroying is, is a super talented kicker himself, you yeah. know, and there's debate that he should have been in the NFL that he's, you know, has all the tangibles to make it work. But who knows, man? I mean, it's not, work, I mean, it's work, it's worked out for him. He, he probably makes millions working out of YouTube. Oh yeah, I bet. So yeah, yeah you know, we lost Brian Bashini. you know, he went transferred to Nebraska um we did get patrick Rohrbach, um adam botkin and then also carver gilman um was a a person that we lost and then kevin macias um so you know that was probably one of the positions that probably saved a lot of our games for us just with the the switch of the field position um and so and then you know kevin macias was amazing um, down the stretch for us. Uh, that'll be interesting because I believe, um, I don't really remember who is our, our kicker going off the, the I don't think it's Casper, uh, Casper. I think it's somebody else. Um, that is going to be the starting kicker for, uh, kicker for us. But, uh, punter is, uh, Patrick Rohrbach, um, but that, that who steps up, you know, who steps up to that position, fills that void. Uh, Patrick has all those intangibles. Um, if you've seen him kick, um, mm. I've heard <laughs> Ryan Buscini say he, you know, going into my freshman year at the University of Montana, Patrick was way ahead of me. Um, what I've heard, what I've seen, mm. that guy got that guy got a leg, man. He, get the boot. Oh my gosh, dude! Um, Set it to the moon. Exactly, man. So um, excited to see. Uh, how he handles that pressure of being a freshman and and being forced into that spotlight. Um, but yeah, we wish him the luck, man. Yeah, man, hundred percent. I'm super excited for him. Yeah, uh, wide receivers, man. Uh, what we lost, you know, we lost Sammy Akem and uh, graduation, and Gabe Solser transferred to Texas, and then Danny Burton graduated as well. So probably should say Doctor Danny Burton, right? Doctor, get it right. <laughs> get it right. Exactly. It was funny. I was on. I would think I was on Twitter. I think it might have been today or yesterday or something like that. And Sammy posted on Twitter. He was just like, "Hey, um, everybody, where are the good places to tailgate?" I'm a rookie at this, and I was like, <laughs> I was laughing about it. I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" Because I remember, I remember thinking the same thing. I was just like, "So what do I do? I just show, how long? How like how early do I show up to the games? Where do I sit? You know, walk. just walk, man. Just walk. Do I just move. walk the whole time? <laughs> do I meet up with somebody? Like, how does this? You know what I mean? Uh -huh. And so the fact that he said that it's one of those things you think all the athletes are kind of thinking it, but it's just like you never really ask you because you never think to ask, like, hey, oh, yeah. where do I tailgate? You know what I mean? Yeah. 
And so, I mean, 100%. So, yeah, we lost a couple guys. Um, but I think, again, really experienced, talented group. Obviously, Mitch Roberts, I think he's going to take really the helm. He got invited to media day. And so I think they have a big expectation of his role this upcoming year. Mr. Reliable, you know, yeah. be able to make those catches in clutch situations under the pressure. I think that's where it's kind of a sweet spot. I mean, I think his his brother Ben was exactly the same way. Exactly. You know, high stakes games, yeah. you know, kind of on the line, fourth down plays. We need 12 yards to get the first down. I mean, you always look for Ben, and so I feel like he's taking on that role and that persona too. Malik Flowers, I'm oh, interested man. to see what type of role that he plays this year. Yeah, you know, obviously special teams. I mean, he's absolutely Guru. destroying it. Yep. You know, and if you look at him, if you look at a lot of those guys, man, I mean, they beefed up as far as size wise goes. They I mean, did. I saw I saw Malik sometime this summer because he was out just on a casual day playing some baseball or something like that, throwing in the hot summer sun. And I was just like, man, he looked big, man. And he was just like, all oh, the food, man. I mean, the way that we work out, the way that we train, yada, yada. And so, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see what they do with him. I don't know what his role is going to be, whether it be, you know, in situational, whether it be, you know, consistently, he's just right off the bat, the guy. Um, but I'm excited to see. I'm, 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 in, I'm interested. I'm anxious. I think it's just, obviously, it is his time. There's no yeah. other time. You know, this is it to kind of make it work. And obviously, he has an opportunity to play at the next level. And I think he, if he has a really solid year, I mean, who knows what could happen when it comes to, you know, being able to get drafted and maybe get picked up by a team. Well, yeah, and him just, you know, one away from the, uh, I believe, the Big Sky record for uh, returns and then two away from the all-time FCS record um, mm -hmm. is pretty amazing. But additions, you know. I guess we can say that it's an addition, but Junior Bergen goes from running back to, to wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, Camden versus Strait, uh, transfer from Washington. Uh, Ian Finch, uh, a freshman out of Hellgate High School. Uh, Sawyer uh, Racanelli. Ian's cool, too, man. What's that? Ian's hella cool, too. I he like is, the guy. Yeah. He is. He's a cool guy. Sawyer Racanelli is a transfer from Washington. You know, I don't – I heard that he, he – hurt his knee so i don't know where that is with him um but i don't know if he's going to be recouping or if he's going to be able to play this year but uh he's also an addition uh sam alford uh from park city high school um i've heard that he's he's going to be a really one to watch in the future um which could be really exciting um but man i have seen aaron fonts man just develop um <laughs> He, he doesn't – he's, like, deceiving. He reminds me – and I know this is this is going to be, like, wow, that's a huge, huge throwout. But he reminds me of Randy Moss, like, how slender he was when, like, when he – Randy Moss first started, like, his legs were little. And, like, the, mm. that reminds me of Aaron Fonz of how, like, his body type, he's super fast, super agile. But his legs, he's able to get his legs under him so quickly where he can switch – where he's going, um, where, you know, he's not the biggest guy, but man, he's so quick, so agile. And mm -hmm. that's somebody that, you know, could be making those bigger games and, and see just to, just to watch for, man. Yeah, man, it's a big year. You know what? I think he's done a really good job about just kind of blending into the team as far as being, you know, a likable guy, somebody that yeah. they can trust. It sounds like he's had a great off season. You know, I think I saw him make a couple huge plays during the actual spring, like the spring games and stuff like that. And so I think he might be, if I'm being honest, he might be my sleeper for the year. 
you know, somebody that they may not expect a whole lot out of him, but I think he's going to go and take it by the horns. You know, yeah. who's also kind of looking for it. And, and I, I hate to say this, man, and it's a good thing on Ryan's part, but Ryan Simpson. Oh, yeah. You know? I think, six, I think, six. yeah, dude, I think yeah. being able to play to that height, to that advantage, especially if you can get up there, you know, I've seen the woman, uh, movie White Man Can't Jump. Oh, of course. A hundred percent. This is yeah. going to be a test. This is going to be a test to him this year, you know, because <laughs> I think they're going to rely on those kind of law passes, getting oh, yeah. in the air, getting up there and, and you know, winning those 50, 50 balls. And well, so that's, 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 that, what that, I'm, that's, that's what I'm thinking. So that's so awesome because I was uh, talking to one of my friends. Dude, imagine this. You put Ryan Simpson on one side, Nick Williams on the other. So you've got 6'6 six, six and 6'5. Six, uh-huh. And then you have Grossman and, and Grossman and Barker in the middle on the line. Uh-huh. Big dude. Like, like, dude, like you got two wide receivers that can just go go up and get the ball. Yeah. yeah. I know Nick Williams is probably, you know, he's a redshirt freshman, I believe. You know, not too much, but man, that's just size-wise. Just oh, size-wise, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. how many teams can say, hey, we have two guys that are over 6'5 mm-hmm. as a wide receiver? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. That, that's hard to find, I, I would yeah. think. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, again, that's what's going to be fun, being able to kind of uh, scheme a little bit on the offensive side of things because we got the running backs to make it work. You know, yeah. it sounds like it's not a physical limitation when it comes to the offensive line, so it sounds like we can do a lot of fun stuff, whether it be, you know, sweeps, whether it be outside zones, whether it be, again, you know, a play action passes, you know, RPO, it doesn't matter. I think they're going to be able to really kind of have some fun with the whole offense in general because we have different sizes, all athletic ability, mentally yep. tough, those sort of things. So it's going to be a fun, you know, here offensive-wise. And I think yep. this is the year where we really need to pick it up on the offensive side. I think exactly. we've had really good performances on the defensive side past couple of years. I think yep. it's our turn for the offense to really kind of take it by the horns and elevate to the next level to say, hey, you know what? We're just as good. We're just as good. Everybody always talks about the defense. It's time to start talking about what the offense is doing. Well, and Coach P has said, you know, this is probably, and he mentioned it on one of the podcasts, I think with Riley, one of the greatest wide receiver cores that he's ever had, ever coached. Mm-hmm. And he's coached, you know, Florida and places where are some pretty big schools. Uh, because and one guy that we're not mentioned is uh, – Keelan White. Um, oh, hell you do. How can I forget about him? That <laughs> so, dude is ridiculous. Exactly. Ridiculous. So, you know, you get Keelan White in there. You add Junior Bergen. Uh, those are some huge names. Like like the running back situation, wide receiver. You're going to be playing to get some reps, and, and, and I don't know if all these guys are going to get get reps, man. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, again, I mean – it's 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 a game of chess, man. Yeah, it really, really is, and I think that's where they're going to kind of be able to get to the next level. And obviously, it's it's super good to hear that the coaches feel that way about their position. Could saying, hey, you know what, this is probably the best because that is an ex- a big honor to yeah. any coach to be able to say that's so veteraned and seasoned and it's been around the country. You know, being yep. able to experience, you know, literally thousands and thousands of players, able to say, hey, this might be single-handedly the best one I've been able to, to be around. And you're like, wow, that's a cool thing to hear. But exactly. with that, there's a lot of expectation. And we're going to see if they're going to be able to handle the heat. Exactly. You know, going into the next uh, tight ends, man. Um, cool, we, baby. We, man, we, we didn't have too many losses. You know, Matt Simpkins uh, is not on the roster that I could find. Um, but we did add uh, Joe, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, Wita. 
we I think it's wider. Wider? Gosh dang um, it. Dude, I'm working, I'm working, trying to work, I'm working hard. I mean, on, I, on I could be wrong, trying. man. I could okay. be wrong, but I, I could, I, I think it's wider. Okay. So, yeah. um, still have Grossman, um, and Renzvold and, you know, uh, Elwell, and we have Barker, um, uh-huh. on as the tight end. One guy that I'm, re- this is kind of like bad to say, but one guy that, that, that flashes in my head, and I've heard some great things, but Barker, right? Mm-hmm. What remind I saw him in the JMU game on special teams, and this is bad to say. <laughs> he hit, he got, he got a flag for an unsportsmanlike, like dude, like when I saw that, and he was like, like, and he was big and stuff. Like I was like, dude. He's got the mentality, man. He's ready. Do you think so? <laughs> Do you think so? It, it just, it just. I don't know why, but I was like, oh man, he's going to be somebody to look out for next year, man. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, you never know, man. I mean, again, um, I, I just don't know enough about him to be able to say anything. Besides, obviously, like you had mentioned, your yep. story right here with the special teams, and I think I do remember that penalty last year. <laughs> I think I do. I think uh, was he the kid that got in trouble because he was like smiling afterwards or something like that? That's him. He was on the on the sideline just smiling. I was like, like, he's oh, like cheesing, like that's Jesus a bad Christ. guy there, man. No, oh, yeah, you know, you never really know what those guys man. I mean, they could go either way. You know, I, again, just a lot of different personalities. I think Cole's going to have even better year. And what's, that's what's cool about that position specifically, that they're the same core group that was essentially here last year. Oh, yeah. I do hope that uh, that Rental's kind of able to kind of get out a little bit, man. I mean, he's yeah. had such a rough going just with his knees and stuff like that, just torn ACL after torn ACL. And so but he's somebody that I think is a baller too, man. I I would love to be able to see, like, be able to see him out through a whole season and you know, be able to kind of end it off on the right foot because I think I think he might be a junior. Um, I believe so, yeah. I think he's a junior, so I think he has one more year after this. So yeah. these next two years, just to make him count, being able to get down the field. Because I know, I mean, those times that I did talk to him, he was just like, "It's tough," and I'm hanging in there, you know. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, "I was like, you're a good guy," because he really is truly a good guy. Yeah. Well, and mm-hmm. coming back from, I know he's had a lot of injuries, and coming back, I think he's. He's either trying to get back or he he's going to be a little bit after. I don't know for sure, but I had heard some things. But um, that, that that's a stacked tight end group as well with a lot of younger guys behind them that are um, big guys as well. Yeah, plenty so, talented too. Exactly. So you know, let's let's go from the offense to the defense, man. Um, break down some of the things that we we wanted wanted to kind of look for, but. Um, Let's go to the safety side, man, because one of the things that uh, I saw uh, was who are we going to – my biggest thing. I think Gavin Robertson, by most, the most, he was one of the things that – players that did some things that people really didn't see. Um, I know when he had his sickness and or his illness that he was going through, I really think that – that part of the field kind of dropped off. And when he returned, you know, he, 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 he played hard. And um, I think that he was a big piece who, who steps up and takes that role. will I think will be a really big kind of thing to watch out for. 
Mm-hmm. Big shoes to fill, like you said. Yeah. Like I, I think you said it just perfectly. I think a lot of people to the naked eye didn't really understand Gavin's role in the game yeah. of football. Um, I think those guys on the team understood it. I think it's mm-hmm. pretty clear. I think it's pretty obvious. But in the grand scheme of things, it's hard from a fan perspective to be able to really see yeah. that and appreciate that. And yeah. I think he was that glue that kind of brought everybody together, you know. Yeah. And so it's going to be interesting to see how that position kind of adapts to this upcoming year without Gavin. You know, yeah. there are some things that just that leadership, that experience, that energy, that energy, that injury, you know, that you just can't really get from everybody. It takes a special type of player, which is why I always viewed him as a special type of a special type of man, you know. And so we'd have conversations about this, man. And I remember, I mean, when I was in my last year, they called me grandpa. And then when he was in his last year, he was just like, I feel like a grandpa now. You know what I mean? I know, I know what you, you were dealing with as far as just being able to be in pain all the time, but. You know, I mean, again, I mean, those are the type of guys that I think you remember for the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, and you're just being able to look at him and be like, you know what? I knew nobody else knew. Maybe not a whole lot of people knew, but I knew as a player the type of role, the type of influence that you had on everybody else. I mean, I can't thank you enough. You yeah. know, well, and that's, we, how, we, that's how I feel about G, baby, man. I mean, yeah. We, we have so many guys that have had experience behind him with Trajan Cotton, Nat, uh, Nash Fouch, uh, and Garrett Graves, and even David uh, Copang. Um, so we're not, we're not like lacking in experience. Oh, we're not. Yeah. The, yeah. Just the, the taking that over um, with a guy that I have really the utmost respect for with what, how he handled himself and how he played um, is, is truly going to be interesting to watch and see how that develops. Yeah, so, so, like I said, just a special guy, and, and you said it exactly right. I mean, it's no testament to saying that they're a weak unit. It's just yeah, going to yeah. be interesting to see who who fills that void or if yeah. they even need that. You know, sometimes, yeah. you know, those positions, they don't need that type of guy, um, but it's always welcome. It's always nice to have. And it's yeah. one, of, one of those things that you, you always appreciate as a player. And so it's going to be interesting. Like you said, we've had – we have plenty – Plenty of experience back there, you know. Yeah. Um, I think Graves is going to have a big year. Um, Con's going to have another big year too. So I mean, I'm really, really, but I, I don't know. I, I, I can't really tell you right off the bat who's going to take yeah. it and run with it and really kind of stand out. One, well, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, with Robbie, you know, this being, I believe, his last year. I think he, I think I don't think he has another year with the COVID year. I don't think I could be wrong, but. You know, who develops after him? Are they developing someone, you know, are they developing Jackson Lee to be that next guy to take over for Robbie? Because he's going to be the leading tackler in in University of Montana history probably by the end of this year with, I think he's only got like 100-something tackles that he needs. Um, So, you know, if he just does his average that he's been doing, he'll, he'll be the all-time tackler of University of Montana. But I mean, I mean, how cool is that, though? Yeah. I mean, thinking about Robbie's career and just being revered as a small guy in the game of football, but being one of the biggest hitters. Oh, yeah. Fuck, oh, my goodness. The dude's, the dude's a, the, a pure blood, you know what I mean? Determination, I mean, he, man. Determination, man. And the thing is, again, he's just such a console about it, yeah. you know? He, every time I see him, he's just like, we got to get better. I know we got to get better, you know? And then yeah. he'll, that, that'll be the end of it, and then he'll actually go to work. He'll put his money where his mouth is, and so... 
The dude's legit, man. He's a straight oh, shooter, dude. I mean, dude, I'm, I love again, watching every, him everybody's. Oh, man. oh my gosh! I mean, oh, he's gosh. sitting there. He's talking to guys that are like six nine. <laughs> you just see him just waving his head like this. You know, uh, I mean, it's super funny, dude. Oh my gosh! You know, you know, one of the you know high areas that are probably being looked at is linebacker. Um, yeah. You know, we lose Jace Lewis, uh, graduation number thirty seven. We also lose uh, Chase Johansson. He left the team as well. Um, so, you know, additions, um, Marcus Evans from Helena High School. Uh, a couple guys that we had on the podcast, Vincent Genitone from North Platte High School. And then Cooper Walton from Roosevelt High School in Colorado. And then we also had a transfer from Iowa, Wyatt uh, Wagner um, from Iowa that was uh, a transfer. So um, we've got a lot of talent in the linebackers. So I wouldn't expect, you know, those um, rookies, not rookies, but freshmen. And then the transfers to make a splash because we've got a lot of guys behind them, you know, Levi Janicaro, Michael Matthews, uh, Tyler, Tyler Flink, a lot of guys that have seen some, some time. Um, but the, like, like everything else, who steps up? Who steps up and takes that position? Do they, yeah. you know, leave um, Patrick where he's at? Do they move him over to middle linebacker? No, you know? I think I think they keep him where he's at. My biggest thing, and I think it's kind of a little bit of a consistent thing when it comes to the linebacker group, is that every single year we have, you know, really solid. I think consistently I would like to think that linebackers have probably been our most consistent position oh, yeah. this whole time. This whole time, oh, yeah. I mean. Linebacker, at least yeah, the last, the last, the last 10, 12, you know, years, we've always yep. had really consistent players, really consistent play. And so, um, but what ends up happening is there's one guy that ends up being the standout. And then yep. as soon as it's his year, you know, or his last year, what ends up happening is that somebody sneaks in from behind, you know, yep. you saw that with Josh Buss and Dante Olson, yep. Dante Olson, Jace Lewis, Jace Lewis, Patrick, you know, yep. And yep. so now it's Patrick's turn to play that role and kind of see who's able to kind of fit in right behind him and kind of, you know, be that playmaker. Because, again, yeah. it could very, very well may be Patrick, but I'm just following the theme of what I've noticed. Oh, and yeah. It's going to be the same exact thing this year. I'm, I'm interested in seeing because, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, you have, I mean, Braxton Hill making his first start. Oh, you yeah, know. there you go. Braxton Hill, I have missed one. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, obviously super talented player, but, I yep. mean, What's his role going to be? You know how? I mean, obviously every role is important, but what what kind of role is he going to play? Yeah, you know. And so, I mean, it it I don't know that 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 whole group fascinates me because they're just a bunch of you know crackheads. And well, and then you got Marcus Well now there as well. So you know. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Uh, a lot of good dudes, a lot of good good uh, players that with the killer uh, mentality, man. Oh, I mean, yeah. oh my gosh, and they and they do. I mean, they'll. They're the type of guys, I mean, the guys that you see kind of making jokes of where they shave into like little faux hawks and mohawks just straight down the middle just to look terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. That's them. You yeah. know, that's just, them. They're, that's their idea. Well, just the athleticism of those guys just amazes me. Just how big oh, yeah. they can be and just how fast and aggressive it is. It's just amazing. Yeah, um, dude. So, uh, yeah. defensive end, man. Uh, you know, this, this was hard because, you know, you lose Justin Belknap. To graduation, you lose Joe Babros. Those, like, and I, 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 those were probably the two guys that uh, with Gavin Robertson's, where I think they they did a lot of 
little things where you know they didn't get a lot of the sacks but they they did put pressure where where uh, with this the style that we play you know, you're not going to get a, a a defensive end that gets you know 20 sacks um mm-hmm. but you play a system where you allow to get some pressure and you allow the pressure to come up the middle yeah, it's, it's hard to do three three five you know what i mean it, yeah. it really is kind of difficult and so a lot of times, you know, they you have to be the sacrifice in that defensive position. Is yeah. I mean, defensive line position that is a sacrifice because they know they're going to get tied up. They know they're going to make those holes and those gaps in order to get those linebackers to you know have a chance just simply because they're a little bit tinier, they're a little bit quicker, a little bit more agile. It makes yeah. sense from a defensive perspective, you yeah. know. And so, I mean, thinking about it, I mean, again, I, I agree with you. You know, I think, you know, Joe played a huge role. You know, yeah. I think Justin played a huge role. And now it's up to Deori Todd and then uh, yeah. uh, McGorn. As I'm saying it right, McGorn. Jacob, right? Jacob McGorn, yeah. Uh, McGorn, yeah, McGorn, yeah. He's going to play a super big role too, yeah. simply because, I mean, he's, I think, as a redshirt sophomore. So he has a little bit of experience, but he's not yeah. necessarily a senior. So this is going to be a huge year for him, and I've I've openly said this. I mean, that's probably one of the one of the only dudes that I was never able to really kind of fully kind of figure out. You know, I want I want a lot of the reps, but he he embarrassed me on a couple. You know, just Dude, he's a swiftness. big guy too. Yeah, he's a big guy, man. And oh, I mean, my lord! So what a gentle giant. You know what I mean? A little oh softy off the field, just walking around, dude. So I mean, but uh, I mean, again, again, like I said, he was one of those guys that I couldn't figure it out and. Like I said, I think I had pretty decent hands, but so I'm hoping that this year he kind of takes it. So I think my eyes are primarily on him, Jacob, mm-hmm. being able to figure out that position and see what he can do with it because it's not no longer your situational. Your some of the guys are tired, go rotate in. It's hey man, like we expect everything and above from you right now. Well, and they do have you know Derry Todd, and I've heard he's he's made some development uh, with you know transferring from Michigan State. Um, so I, I expect, you know, uh, Jacob McGoran to be starting with Deary Todd. Um, and then you've got uh, the likes of Garrett Houston, the Nebraska transfer coming yeah, in. Yeah, that guy's then, that guy's so cool. That guy's yeah. so cool. Uh, I'm super excited for that, dude. Yeah, and then you've got Kale Edwards, who had a, an, an awesome uh, spring as well. Um, oh, Kale's right at a defensive end now? Yep. Oh, shoot. I, I guess I didn't, I didn't even put two and two together, man. Yeah. That's cool because he because he was linebacker for the longest time. Yeah, I think they moved him to defensive end. So mm. I I think that like you, like you said, who fills those two voids and then who you know develops behind them because you know you're gonna you're not gonna just get the same two. They're gonna put people out and and keep on subbing in. Um, who who makes that leap to to be that into that second rotation um, mm-hmm. is gonna be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, cornerback, man. We have some cornerbacks, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. Oh my lord, man! Like seriously, like it, the person that's probably going to be getting a lot. But hey, before I get into that, I'm I'm, I'm getting too excited. Uh, let's go over what we lost. We lost Omar Hicksonu graduation. Um, also, we lost Adjot So he left the team. He's no longer on um, on the roster as well. Uh, but the additions, we got a all conference Jaden Dawson from transfer from Idaho State. Uh, we got Robert Whitehead from Grossmont JUCO. Andrew Trevilian 
was a transfer from San Diego Mesa, but he also played one year at Sam Houston State and then mm. uh, Drew Clump from Sentinel High School. Um, but, man, you you get the big four in there, man. You get Jaden Dawson. You get uh, Corbin Walker. You get Justin Ford. And I'm forgetting one. Oh, Lord. Oh, my gosh. Anyways, th- that's that's going to be a hell of a cornerback group to 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 play against. So I'm thinking right now, we got Justin Ford. We got <laughs> Dawson. I feel like it's contagious to sing the I know, dude. Me. Like, holy crap. I'm going to look it up because this is like, <laughs> dude, you started. You started Walker. <laughs> then, gosh, what's the other guy's name? Oh, my Lord. Uh, look it up. We I look it up right, right now, now, dude. We're, we're we got to do justice. Dude, and we're not even drinking on this podcast. We lo- yeah, we, we lost like 15 fans right now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, my Lord, dude. Uh, maybe that's the, the problem. Maybe we should be. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, that may be the solution to it all. I think so. I think so. What's a uh, local beer company that wants to sponsor us? You guys exactly. Dude, like that's what we need to get. Like, seriously. Trev- Trevin Gradney. Trevin. Yeah, Trevin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. So, you know, I heard all good things with all those guys. Um, also, you know, one guy that I've been hearing, Dylan Simmons, uh, the redshirt freshman from um, Louisiana as well, um, probably won't get any reps this year, but um, in the future – could be a guy to look at, but man, lockdown defenders on the corners. Um, can't wait. Can't wait to see what Justin does. I- I'm not expecting he- to him to have the year that he did last year. Um, but man. And I think, gr- I think that, that was one of the coolest things too. When I, I think I read up on it, I think his expectation is the same way. It's just like, I'm yeah. not expecting the you know, what was it, nine, like a record nine, nine interceptions? He was like, yeah. I'm not expecting nine interceptions. I'm yeah. expecting to get better when it comes to, you know, route tracking. I'm expecting mm-hmm. to get better on my deep ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. Deep ball coverage, those sort of things. And so he was, like, really kind of nitpicking. He was just like, I don't – I if I get in, interceptions, great. I'm going to take them any chance that I can get. But I'm really kind of focused on just being a better player, you know, a better teammate. And that's what you kind of want out of a guy like that because it's real easy to let all that stuff get to your head. I've seen it. You know, teams that I've been a part of before, after, you know, where some of that notoriety of being able to say, hey, you know, I made a couple good plays. I'm going to act a little different. You know, I'm going to be a little more cocky, you know. And I think he does a really good job of just bringing it back to the basics of, hey, I'm here to do a job, be the best team that I can, be the best player that I can. Everything else is turkey. Everything else is gravy. And so I think that's what I really admire out of him. And I think a lot of those guys, you know, really, really respect that, you know, because it's a hard thing to do. Yeah, one thing that I respected, I, I heard him on, is just his work ethic, man. If you see him on any type of social media, you know, he posts, you know, what he's doing or whatnot. He is always either in the gym, watching film, doing something. Um, and he kind of commented that on one of the, either an interview or something that, you know, when he was at Louisville, like that's one of the things that when he came from Louisville to Montana, that he was like, hey, man, I got to step this up. Um, and he, attributes that to you know how much he's improved so you know the work ethic man um is amazing i don't i can't imagine him not doing well just with the amount of time that he puts in 
and, mm-hmm. and the focus that he has for his skill, man. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, either way, cornerback position is going to be fun. I'm really excited yeah. to see some of those guys. I'm excited for Corbin, you know, to really kind of break out this year too. Maybe it might be the same situation like a linebacker. All the tension is going to be on Justin Ford and then just being able to come up from behind, kind of sneak in on yeah. some of those things. I mean, again, being able to create turnovers, that's a huge, huge part of the whole system of what they're trying to do. Yep. Well, and just to have, say, hey, you know, we've got two great cornerbacks, but hey, also, if we need something like Jaden Dawson, he's an all conference <laughs> big sky yeah. cornerback that we have in, in off the bench. Like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. But, I, I, I just can't wait to give him a couple opportunities to see what he can really do. Exactly. Exactly, man. Uh, defensive line, dude. You know, we, we didn't lose a whole lot there. Kind of like the tight end, Lorenzo Brown, I think. Left I love those two interior guys, though. Oh, my god! I literally, I literally saw Eli a couple of weeks ago um, at dinner or something like that. You know, it might have been just real casual. And it was, yep. I think it was right after camp or something. Like, I don't know. I don't remember. But, I mean, he, he literally was just like, I was just like getting a big dinner. And he was just like, hell, yeah, I'm getting a big dinner. I lost like 15 <laughs> pounds during camp. And I was like, I was like, of course, of course, it makes sense. Because that's, that's how intense camp is. I mean, those guys yeah. gained so much weight in the offseason. Literally, just to have it drowned off of them, you know, just literally you wipe it off of you. Simply because wow. that's how hard you're going at practice. And so he was just like, yeah, I'm a little bit light. I need to get a big meal in me right now. Like, I need to, you know, pick it up. You know, and yeah. again, obviously, this guy's sitting at, you know, 290-something pounds, and he's like, yeah, I'm small right now. And you're like, no, you're not. You're, no, you're not a small not. guy. <laughs> you're not a small guy. You're a big guy. You know, he was just like, oh, I could be bigger. I could be better. You know, the same thing with Governor. I actually ran into him, too. He was oh, just man. like, I leaned out. I leaned out just a little bit. I leaned out. To, I'm trying to find that sweet spot of, of being big enough where I can really kind of knock these guys back, but also swift enough that I can, you know, keep that energy consistently. And I was just like, dude, I mean, you've come such a long way. The dude's a brick. Oh the dude's gosh. a tank. He is a you know? brick house. I saw him, like, an uh, in interview with, like, Riley, and I'm like, holy freaking cow. That's a defensive line? Like, Jiminy dude, dude, dude got – he looks cool. solid. He's, so, he's committed himself. And, I mean, that is a thing. I mean, we keep going back to the same thing when it comes to these yeah. different positions. It's like you see the commitment there. Yeah. You see the work ethic. You see the yeah. struggle. You see the want, the will, the desire. You know, we can go on. At the end of the day, guys, for the listeners out there, we're just going to do it. Yep. Nike. You know just what I mean? Plug us <laughs> exactly. in, Nike. Exactly. Yeah. You're going after the sponsors, man. I like this. I man. mean, you, you got you to gotta, you gotta sprinkle it in every now and then. There again, you man. go. You miss you 100% go. of the shots you don't take. You know, you learn that real early in life. And so, I mean, again, ultimately, guys, I mean, it, it really is just we just got to go out and do a damn thing. Yeah. There's there's nothing else to really say about it and those sort of things. So all the positions, um, I, I really don't have any type of, I'm super worried here type of type no, of conversation. No, we, and we added, you know, Bronson Hendrickson, a guy from uh, uh, Polson, uh, Jared Bramos, a guy from uh, uh, Colorado as well. The, both of those guys were on the podcast as well. And then Ben McGorn, um, Jacob's brother, I believe, is is on the de- defensive line as well. So, um, a good good uh, defensive line. I, I can't wait to see those two guys because those guys. Like, would you say that they're kind of positional, right? Alex does things that Eli doesn't, and they're kind of mix and match a little bit. That they both have their kind of things that they do that they kind of mix and match. Yeah, man. I mean, it's like, uh, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, if you order a piece of steak, you're going to want 
You're not going to say, hey, give me two pieces of steak. You know, that'd be great. You're probably going to say, give me some mashed potatoes with that steak, you know. Make it garlic mashed potatoes when you're getting down to the depot right here in town. And so that's what Eli and Governor are. You know, you got steak, you got mashed potatoes. They're both good individually, but when you combine them together, you cut a little piece of steak, that black and prime rib. You know, you get a little scoop of that garlic with a little bit of Parmesan on the top, and you eat it together. You're in heaven. You know what I mean? And that's this is not a cooking uh, podcast. <laughs> and that's where you meet Angel. And I'm right there at the top, ready to give you a big old hug. There so you go. We all go together here. That's what I'm trying to say. Awesome. Awesome, dude. What are you drinking? <laughs> Me, what am I drinking right now? Literally just water. I hope just it's water? water in here. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right, man. Let's get to this grid schedule, dude. Like, seriously. Uh, we're going from the breakdown of the roster to the schedule. This is going to be really quick. Um, cause then we're going to get into the Northwestern state demons next guys. Um, like I said, Northwestern state we're playing this week. Um, and I'll, I'll watch this dude. Are you watching this? All right. Are you ready? Boom. Oh, you figured it out. Boom. Oh, Jesus. That's kind of cool. <laughs> we're getting a little right. better here. <laughs> so yeah, Northwestern states first, uh, this weekend, it is a maroon out, as as it says there. Uh, next week, oh, man, I, I, if I could, I wish I could make that game. South Dakota, from all um, looking points, it should be a top 25. I believe right now South Dakota is on the uh, number 26. So hopefully this mm-hmm. week they, they get into the top 25. Um, yeah. And that's also Hall of Fame week as well. Um, so... Uh, next week is Indiana State um, at Indiana State. Um, give a shout out to them with prayers of them with what they're dealing with, with their um, the death of the uh, car crash of their student athletes. Yeah. And that's that's rough. Um, and then you go into, I believe if I cut that off, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I did. Uh, Cal, I think it's Cal Poly. Um, going into that. No, it's not Cal Poly. Man, see what I just did, dude. I, I went into it. It's Portland State, I think. There you go. There you go. Uh, Portland State, yep. Uh, homecoming weekend, uh, Portland State. Going on to the next round um, at Idaho State versus Idaho. Um, and you're looking at those first ones, the first six, you should be pretty heavily favored going into that at Sacramento State game on ESPN2. They bumped it up. It'll be a night game. Um, and then you've got two huge games, man, at Sac State, at Weber State, two road games back-to-back, and then you finish at Cal Poly. I think um, Cal Poly is going to be a good game too, though. I, I have to say. Really? Really? I, I mean, well, Coach Baldwin, I'm interested to see. I think he uh-huh. has, you know, I think he's a couple years under that role now. So he, he should have, he you know, maybe kind of midpoint way of having a lot of the guys that – he kind of recruited into that program and some of the older guys that, you know, he's been working with some of them out of that. So it'll be kind of interesting to see. So I think those are three tough games right there. Obviously Idaho, we don't really care about them. I know we're going to win. We're going to keep that Stein here. Um, Sacramento state. That's a tough one because they're traveling to California. They're playing on their turf. Even though it's nothing like playing in Missoula, Montana, just traveling every single time is always a tough one. And then we travel right over to Ogden, you know, yeah. again, another tough place to play. 
And then from there, then we'll have a home game with Cal Poly. So I think yeah. those are going to be the two games that I'm kind of really anticipating before, obviously, the Eastern Washington game. See, and I think the Weber State game is going to be harder than the Sacramento State game because I think we're going to be going into that game 6-0. I think that Sacramento State game, people are going to be pissed off that we lost at home and they've had our number, and this is going to be a, a put-up or shut-up game, and Bobby is going to want that game. He's going to – and I think we're going to show up. But I think that coming off that high, coming to uh, Weber State from all circumstances – they had a bad year last year. Um, I expect them to rebound this year. Um, I think that could be a really high a high game going into that one. And then, like you said, going and finishing out uh, versus Eastern Washington. Uh, hell of a – Eastern Washington has a hell of a schedule. Oh, my gosh, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> if you haven't seen their schedule, go see their schedule and just be like, oh, my Lord. And then we finish at um, – uh, Bozo for Montana State. Um, and so, yeah, it is – it's a hard schedule, man. Like, I'm not going to um, say it's not, but uh, pretty hard schedule. The back end of that schedule is the, pretty The hard. second half of the schedule is the tough one. Yeah. The first six are, are, are pretty, you know, we can do it. But, man, you go Sac State, Weber State, Cal Poly, Eastern Washington, MSU, um, you know, that's that's hard. And if you look at the preseason rankings, you know, I think we're playing, what, four of the top five teams in the conference yep. with Sac State, Weber State, Eastern Washington, MSU. I don't think any other team is doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you know, predictions. I I gave my prediction. I, I went through, and this is kind of nerdy of me, I went through all the teams' um, schedules. And I wrote down um, their conference rankings, uh, their, their records. So I have what I'm going to be predicting, predicting at the end of the year. Are you ready for this? Hell no. You think I'm ready for that? You never <laughs> tell me you're doing this. <laughs> I'm just throwing out. I know you don't like to predict, man. I know you don't like to predict. I like to predict, but I don't okay. know you're going to put that much effort. Here's what well, we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. You know, just so I'm prepared. Okay. We're going to put a pause on this. We're going to record next week, and next week we'll do okay. the we're second game throughout the rest of the year. We'll just okay. do the prediction for tonight because that's unfair. <laughs> you never told me that you were putting that much effort. All you said was, yeah, I might do predictions. I might do predictions. You never said, hey, I'm going to do a full-on, you know, scientific report, peer-edited and reviewed Oh, come type on, of document. You know me. You know me that I'm kind of nerdy like that. I'm going to get I guess you're right. I guess you're right. I do. I, I guess maybe I didn't know you. Maybe, maybe I thought I knew you until just now. Exactly. Exactly. All right. We'll, we'll save that so you can look at it. Um, yes. We'll save that for next week. Next week. I'll have you ready. Stay now tuned. That I know that you're trying to cheat. <laughs> so uh, are we going to still, because I think last year we bet, I think it was like a six pack, wasn't it? And we, we probably came out both even and none of us i think really we did won. come out even i don't know who won <laughs> i don't think any of us won because we were horrible at it well, but, well this you're, since you're such a nerd we got you got to go back and figure this out then i'm pretty sure because because if it's because if it's if it's closer to like hey you had one point closer to the point count or just predictions in general you want a six pack yeah it's all right i'm good 
<laughs> he said, I'm going to pass on this one, yeah. big dog. Uh, no, well, we should do that this year. Um, maybe we can throw like something in uh, for people that are listening to the pod. Let us know what you think. Uh, give us your predictions. Hit us up on Twitter as well. So um, we want to know if, if we're way off base, which we yeah, usually we usually yeah, are. We're, we're pretty off base. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's dive into the, these Northwestern State demons, man. So, if you don't know, they suck. That's her. that's my <laughs> prediction. That's my thing. Yes, they come from the Southland Conference. Uh, if they don't know where Northwestern State is, that's in Louisiana. Um, the 2021-2022 season, they finished fifth in the Southland at three and eight. Um, preseason this year, they are slated at number five again. <laughs> um, so. Uh, it, it they've had some turnover, man. If you haven't heard, they have like basically six new coaches of their eight coaches. I mean, um, that's why I say that they suck because it's hard to get a program when you can't have keep the coaches. Exactly. You know? they, they have 30 new players. Um, and so they lost both their coordinators, defense and offensive coordinators. And I believe their offensive coordinator was like in the last couple weeks. That's tough, dude. That's what <laughs> you're talking about. Exactly. Like, like people, people are going to be like, you're so mean, you're so harsh. I don't care. It's we're just, the truth. We're, we're it's, throwing things I mean, out there, man. We're throwing the truth bombs out, man. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, the same way. If we had freaking, you know, six head coaches in six years, or even even more than that, yeah. six head coaches just in two, three years or something like yeah. that, and replacing coordinators, defense coordinators. It'd be hard to be a program anywhere you go. And I don't care if you're Alabama. I don't care if you're anywhere. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. And so that's super, super tough. I know we were super competitive back in 2000s when, you know, I think yeah. it was the Glenn era or something like that. And then right before um, Bobby's then, too, I think Bobby had played him once or twice. You know, yep. so, I mean, we would see him in the postseason. They'd be good matches. They'd be good games, you know, those sort of things. And I think even Glenn, when he was coaching and he won the 2001 National Championship, they, he opened up the playoffs with a win against them when they were yeah. down like 14-0 to begin with. You know, I read an article, I think, four or six Montana Sports or something like that. And so, again, it sounded like they were competitive in the past, but they took a turn these past couple of years. Exactly, exactly. And I think uh, the coach, Coach Laird, um, is the all-time uh, leading passer there. And so I think he's trying to bring it back up. Um, but, you know, going from leading passer to their uh, quarterback, I hit their quarterback is a transfer from Kansas, uh, Miles Fallon. Uh, he has not thrown a pass. <laughs> like ever? Um, like when he's been in college, he has never thrown a, a college pass in a game. What? I, uh, now, <laughs> now, like literally, I looked at his stats and I looked at a couple different spots. There was no recorded pass attempt when he was at Kansas. So just handoffs or just yards or just run taking off the ball like or what? he was like backup quarterback where he didn't wasn't so okay, that's a different story. I thought he was like a starter and there was zero pass attempts. No, he was like, he was he he's named the starter for mm. for this upcoming week. Mm. Um which kind of tells you um the well then we don't we don't know if he's good he's bad I guess we'll see this weekend huh Exactly. Well, the, the coach said that he, he gave uh, them enough presence of not turning the ball over. I guess last year with their two quarterbacks, 
Um, they were kind of turnover prone. They both had mm-hmm. six interceptions and four interceptions. Um, what's kind of tricky with this team is, is that they don't lack in players in the, the running back and wide receiver. They have a uh, running back coming back, Scooter Adams. Um, that was a all-conference player. Second uh, all-conference player is freshman year. He is named second all-conference this year, but he missed all of last year with an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and then wide receivers, Javon Antonio, um, he's he was an all-conference player as well. He sat out, I guess, either with an injury or sat out last year as well. Um, and then they have Jaron Mitchell. He was previously at uh, University of North, Northern Colorado. So they have some skill set on the skill players, uh, but their best position and their best groups are on the defensive side. 100%. 100%. So they've got two defensive backs, um, Shamar Bartholomew and PJ Harrington that are That's a cool name, Bartholomew. Bartholomew. Have you you seen Spaceballs? Yeah, of course I've seen Spaceballs. That's that's what it reminds me of. Oh, my Lord. That is an awesome movie. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, first team all-conference, both of those guys. Uh, they've got a linebacker, Jordan Banks, uh, a Arizona State transfer. And then their dudes in the middleman, uh, Isaiah Longino and Jamard Valsin, are seniors that are um, second team all conference in their conference as well. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not expecting a close game by any means. Um, but man, it, it's hard not to say that they're going to get blown out because of just the coaches of what's happening in their program. It doesn't look like they have been competitive. I did go back in their um, their season last year, and their their games that they played were competitive. They weren't like blown out by a, like a lot of the games, so they were competitive in their conference. They just didn't finish. Well, I think exactly. I mean, it, it goes to speak to testament. They have some players. Yep. They have some guys that can't play, that can be competitive. They have a squad that wants to be competitive. But, again, it's hard to do that when you're when there's such turnover. Yeah. You know, because you rely on those guys so heavily simply because, I mean, they're literally, you know, I mean, obviously the players run the team, but there is such a huge role that these coaches play for these kids. Yeah. And they need that direction. I mean, you're talking about 18 to 22-year-olds that, you know, away from mommy and daddy, living on their own, really trying to figure out what life is. You know, I, you talk to anybody that says, what were you like when you were 18? A lot of people are going to be like, well, I was a, I was a scumbag. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And so it's the same thing. It's just like giving that direction. They need that direction. It's part of the game. You know, there's expectations that you can throw out to your players, to some of the older guys that say, I expect this from you. But they're going to need that direction. It's really hard to be a good football team. So, again, I'm kind of the same boat as you. I'm not going to say that they're not going to be competitive. That they're not going to yeah. go out there and really try to do it. Because, obviously, they're coming over here. They understand that it is a different world out here. It is a different game out here. But as far as their performance, I'm going to be honest. I think it's going to be a rollover. You know, yeah. I think they're going to start getting frustrated. They're going to start pointing fingers. And before you know it, you know, by the end of the whole thing, who knows where we're going to be. Well, it was know? interesting. I, to... oh, sorry, go ahead. No, and I was just going to give my prediction, but go ahead. Okay, yeah, just a minute. Because um, it was interesting to see the, the Coach Laird, uh, their head coach, you know, that he really went in with Riley about how, you know, they did a lot of um, bonding and a lot of, you know, team team things 
in the earlier rounds. And I think they, they have a lot of transfers coming in to kind of build that, you know, that base, you know, just a question for you, Angel, cause you know, you've been there, you know, what is how... bonding though? What kind of, did he say what kind of bonding? No, no. Huh? Okay. Sorry. I think, I think it was like something like, and I'm way, I could be way off base, you know, just like out camping or, or I, I don't know, but he said something bonding. I'm not quite sure, but can can you really can you really manufacture that? Because like you, it, to me, you can manufacture that for a little bit, but it's manufactured. It's not real, right? So it, it it's gonna break easy, a whole lot easier than you know something tried and, and and built over time. Something manufactured like that can just break a whole lot easier than if if it was built upon. No, so I, I kind of have kind of a, a little bit of a different philosophy. You know, if I put two, if I put 10 guys in a room and I say, get along, it's going to be really hard for them to get along. Yeah. You know, exactly. It's kind of the same kind of fabrication that you're saying right there. If you said, hey, we're going to go camping together because you have to, you know, it's going to be, that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to be able to bond. I yeah. think as far as men go, when it comes to our bonding experiences, make them do hard shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah, put them through a grueling workout where they're going to rely on the person next to you when they're going to have that type of accountability. I think that's how you really start to bond. And then from there, it's not a forced fabrication of, hey, guys, we're all going to go camping as a team. It's going to be more of a, a, a kind of a collection to say, hey, you know what? We bled together this weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we cried together this weekend. We, we banged our bodies up together this weekend. It doesn't have to be with the game, but it could be with practice. It could be with, you know, with, with P, uh, PRPs, play around practices. It could be through our lifting sessions, our conditioning senses that we struggle through those really hard things are going to yep. make me want to call you up on a weekend and say, hey, bud, let's go, let's go hang out. Yeah. You know? I think that is where the bonding comes into place. I don't think it comes with, you know, team movie days and stuff yeah. like that, you know? Because, again, I, I'm, it, it was a selfish thing for me. I mean, I remember when I played under Stitt and, uh, and uh, he every once in a while it, it was, it was hey, we're going to have a team bonding day and go watch a movie. Unfortunately, I thought selfishly in that situation. I said, great, I get a day to rest. Mm-hmm. You know, I never thought, hey, sweet, I'm going to go with my buddies. You know, that was, that was, you know, a little bit far of the point than what I was actually feeling. And then it wasn't until, you know, through those hard situations when I really started to develop a relationship with all those guys, which in turn made me want to hang out with them in my off time. Yeah. Because that's what you want. You want to oh, be yeah. able to say, hey, hey guys, and that's one thing that all my coaches always said, hey, take care of each other this weekend. Be accountable for the next person next to you and vice versa. Be accountable for them. Hold it up to higher expectation. Make sure we don't make dumb decisions this weekend. Make sure, you know, we make the right thing, the, the right choices. Yep. And so because of that, it was the same thing. It was just like, I have I have a relationship with this guy. I have an expectation of what he expects out of me. I know he's relying on me. I'm going to rely on him, too, to make sure that we like that we take care of each other and we get home safe. Yeah. So, so those sort of things. I think that's how you really kind of start fabricating a team and really start building guys really a lot closer. And those guys, unfortunately, there are certain guys that do not mesh with every single program. There are some guys that are great for certain programs, some guys that are terrible for other programs. Huh. And so I think through those instances, you're really going to start to see some selfish behavior in the yeah. players that are meant to be there. I think that's how you fabricate a team, not by forcing them in a tent and saying, hey, let's go camp together. Amen, brother. Amen. I mean, no, I mean, it's, I mean, it's all up for perspective. You know, it's an opinion. So that's yeah. all it really is. But that's how I think it's, uh, it's worked out well for me, at least. 
Well, I just look at it as like, okay, so you've had basically to replace six people, and I don't know the backstory of it, but that's a lot. Like, that's not just one coach leaving for a better job. That's that's a lot of coaches leaving. So why are they leaving? Like, mm-hmm. there's got to be something wrong inside the program, why they're leaving, why you have to bring in 30 players from, you know, that you had to bring in. Um, that's, a, that's a high that's a high number, I would think, um, but that's just me. But, anyways, let's g- give me your prediction, buddy. Give me your prediction. I'm kind of in two ways, man. I think it's gonna be a blowout. Yeah. I think it's gonna be a. So what am I thinking? Mm-hmm. You think they're gonna score? A touchdown. 56, 56 to. Uh, I want to say fourteen, but I might be wrong. I don't know if they'll be able to score two. You know, freak it out. I'm going to be on the optimistic side when it comes to that. I think 56 to 14. Okay. Do you know what's weird? Is mine's 56 to 7. Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) We always do this, man. Oh, my gosh, dude. Like, uh, (laughs) I had 56 to 3, and I'm like, no. I think they might get, like, a, a touchdown at the end when we're, you know. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll change it. I'll do 49. 49? Okay, you're changing 49. It. Mm-hmm. Watch, you're going to win now. <laughs> 49 <laughs> to 14. Okay. Yeah, I think we'll be in that realm. Do I think they might score two touchdowns? I don't really think so. I think they'll get one for sure. I yeah. think they might be cuppy, get lucky with a couple of maybe field goals, maybe. you know. But I really think they're going to have a hard time passing the 50, especially with our defense. I mean, because that was that was kind of the name of the game last year. It was yep. for a long time we kept opponents out of our fifty. Oh yeah. Well, and they play. We played. Not to say that Northwestern State's bad, but you know, what I would say Western Illinois is probably better than Northwestern State. Mm-hmm. Just because they're 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 from the Missouri Valley, um, mm-hmm. they play a little bit tougher competition. Um, mm-hmm. So, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. So that's my prediction, bud. Cool, I man. Know. I think I think it's gonna be ass with me. It's gonna be hot too. So the guys are out there again. Hydrate. Hydrate the right way. The right way. Of course. Not, not, not. <laughs> no, man. Yeah. You're not a course guy. Uh, if it's if it's, it's, it's the last, too. if it's the last thing, then I'll drink so it. What What are you drinking? How bougie are you getting? How how boozy am I getting? It sounds well, like what bougie, is my go to? What is my no, go to? Yeah, what, yeah, what's your go to? Oh, you know, I like the Ling Lining Kugels. I like those ones. Um, if I gotta go cheap beer, I just do, you know, but uh, Bud Light. So you are you kidding me right now? <laughs> if I'm gonna go cheap, I either go Bud Light or I go Blue Moon. Blue Moon's a good beer. I like Blue Moon. I like Blue Moon. But I go I go Coors for sure. So because that's what I survived off in college. You can never <laughs> tell me anything different. And then what else do I like? But my favorite beer is Modelo. I love Modelo. Really? I've never tried one. I'm Mexican, dog. What do you expect? <laughs> what do you expect from me, Adam? Of I like Corona. I like, I like Corona. Is that's that bad to say? Too. Like, like I, I, with a little lime? Oh, my gosh, dude. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yes. And put then, a little lime. So you take a little swig out of the Corona, put a little bit of squirt in there, put a couple dashes of the yeah squirt, what? put some lime in there, and then really? if you want to get really fancy, get some lime vodka. Throw a little bit in there too. 
flip it upside down so it mixes up, and that's a party. Let me tell you, dude, I am doing it all wrong. Holy cow! Yeah, yeah, you gotta you gotta get with the times, man. Come <laughs> oh on now. Oh my goodness! For all those uh those uh <laughs> people that want to uh, be our uh, benefactor of our our podcast, here we go. <laughs> exactly. And you and you're over here drinking Lockenheimers or whatever you call them, <laughs> lime kugels or whatever they're called. Oh, lime lime kugels, whatever, yeah, dude. Dude, yeah, I, I I can't I can't say anything. It's game week, brother. Oh man, it is. It's yeah. finally here. Uh, we will have a pod next week, and we'll break down what we saw and go into the next week, and then we'll do the predictions of what we think for the end of the year and we'll go from there, man. Sounds good guys. I appreciate you guys listening, man. Make sure to follow us, leave a review. Let us know what you're thinking. You know, if you guys want to hop on the podcast too, we're always open to have people too, just to talk about it. You know, again, we're couch potatoes. We just like talking. We hope you guys enjoy listening. Let us know how we can be better for you guys. Okay. Bang. Go Grizz, baby. Fight on. There you go. You got it right. First week. (laughs)